It's Occasionally Coherent Sports Talk with your hosts, KC and Miami Marcus. That's right, it is Occasionally Coherent Sports Talk. I am your co-host, KC, along with my other co-host, as always, Miami Marcus. I'm the host, you're the co-host. You're the host, I'm the co-host, I'm sorry, you're right. How's it going, Even, Marcus? Uh, good. I just realized you got top billing, though, which, as the host, I have a bit of a problem with. So we'll have to definitely get that contract hammered out again when it comes yeah. to re-signing. Maybe, maybe if you ask nicely, I can get us a new intro, and maybe I'll swip, swap the names around. Swap the, no, I'll just... Uh, Miami Casey and Marcus. Miami Casey and, <laughs> and K Marcus. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, how's it going? How's, what's What's... The situation, uh, uh, not too much. It's been actually a decent, like, news for Sports Week. Yeah, like, we were like we were all just... of it's pretty, like, all the bases have pretty much been covered. Yeah, they're, they're... no pun intended. Get it to do, do. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, for yeah, like, just cover some of the things quick, just spitballing the things we'll be talking about. Uh, Justin Fields' draft stock is still fucking up and down, up and no one, oh no God, one fucking yeah. knows where it is. Yeah, and because of this. Great. People are talking about Miami dumping number six pick. I saw that one. Getting yeah. trade offers for that. Alden Smith apparently whooped the fuck up out of a guy. To, apparently, um, Aaron Donald <laughs> whooped up on some guy. So yeah. Alden Smith said, I'll fucking raise you one. That's right. Um, Logan Paul fought somebody this weekend. Antonio Brown is back in the news. The Yankees suck. We can all be happy about that. Uh, wait, hold on now. That's going to eventually. Don't worry. It's not the end of the year yet. Dude, the fucking Reds and the Mariners are in number one in the fucking, their division. So don't fucking bite too much on that. The fucking Mariners are number one. How long do you think that's going to last? I know, but it's just, it's just, it's lovely to see. It's the first time since like 91 or something like that, that the Yankees were are in last place at this point. So we got to, we got to embrace it when, when it happens. And they've been playing so terribly that even their fans are like, Throwing stuff onto the field, and it, yeah, it's, it's yeah. fucking great. I love it. Show your true colors, New York. Show NFL, your true colors, New York fans. NFL pulled a 180 on all the things I wanted them to do, and they said no OT in preseason, but yet they're going to say, nah, onside kick roll's fine. I was like, you fucking cowards. Yeah, they. I, <clears throat> why don't we jump right into that? Yeah. We got the different rule changes that they okayed for the 2021 season. How about this one? So, uh, instead of doing a full-time sky judge um, or a booth umpire, which were what were proposed, this is what they're going to do for replays. We call um, New York. So, existing replay officials who sit in the press box of each stadium, they will have the authority to consult with referees on certain, in quotation marks here, you're, you're going to love this, specific objective aspects of a play where clear and obvious video evidence is present my fuck they did the same thing for fucking pass interference what the the fuck is clear and obvious video evidence okay i'll i'll raise you one further question what's a catch (laughs) just what the fuck is that so yeah that that's one of them um do you like how our legal precedent and system is so like set up and like very clear and there's only like a few things we can judge and argue like what really does freedom of speech cover what does the second amendment cover you know what i mean mm-hmm. no one knows what their third amendment is <laughs> that's quartering soldiers if you didn't know oh, i didn't know that jesus fucking christ did any of you people i mean i probably did civics? at one point but what's our fourth amendment um i'll give you a hint 
search and seizure. Oh, okay. Cops just can't bust in your house without a fucking warrant. Right. Which is why I stand against no-knock warrants. They're unconstitutional, in my opinion. And then 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th are all legal shit. Yeah. 9th is rights of the states or federal, and then 10th is rights that aren't mentioned. Like, you have the right to privacy. No one can just, like, fucking stand outside your house and say, well, you don't give... I didn't see anything the Constitution says I can't spy on you all the time. Right. You know? Hey, you should put some mayo on that sandwich. <laughs> Man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> exactly. That's a quick rundown of your constitutions for everybody. Thank you. We're, we're, or of your, not your constitution, always, of your Bill of Rights. Always uh, learning on the show, as everyone should be. That's what we're here for. Um, other rules that the NFL threw in there, um, they did, as um, uh, you were hopeful for, they did expand the numbers of uh, certain positions that players cool. can wear on their jerseys. The so. one thing, the one little thing I wanted them to get, I was like, ah, you know, if they get this, good. If they don't, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I want them to fix the onside kick rule because... They did do something with the onside kick rule. Let me get to that. Okay. Um, so uh, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defensive backs, and linebackers can all wear numbers in the single digits now if they choose. That's going to be kind of cool. Oh, I like that. dude, fucking linebackers wearing nine? Right. That's dude, rad. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> That'll also help out a lot of other positions. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, no one's going to wear any of the fucking 40s still. Right. No one's going to wear 40s. No one's going to wear higher 30s also. That's still like the you suck numbers from college. Yep. But uh, it'll be cool to see um, instead of linebackers always just being 50s or 90s. Yeah. If they're outside linebackers to change it up a bit. Because there's somebody, there's a lot of fucking retired numbers. So you're getting a little thin. Yeah. Remember the joke in Futurama where they had to give guys like half numbers and fraction numbers because <laughs> all the other numbers were retired? Oh my God, that's great. Um, so here is the uh, onside kick. So they approved a one-year experiment in an attempt to make it easier to recover onside kicks in 2021. The receiving team on kickoffs will be limited to nine players within 25 yards of the ball. Last season, NFL teams recovered only three out of 67 onside kicks, the lowest total and recovery rate since at least 2001. So, uh... He's reading, ladies and gentlemen. He's trying to get the whole legal process. Yeah, just trying to... Okay, as a result... A proposal that teams would be given an option to gain 15 yards on one offensive player from their own 25-yard line to retain possession after a score. There's no way that that's actually the one that got approved. <laughs> Instead of having, like, Jeopardy thinking music, do you want to have Evan's <laughs> fucking intro play in the background? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll get back to you on the onside kick rule. All right, yeah. Do a little... And uh, uh, eliminating preseason OT, which I don't yeah. understand why. None of your... None of your starters are playing OT in preseason. None of your starters are playing past the first quarter. So, like I said, more shine for the fucking kids on the lower part of the roster. Hell, keep it for them. What do the owners care? The fans get a longer game. Mm-hmm. So what happens? You just game ends in a tie? Yeah, That's fucked so. up. This is football. We don't want tie. We insult teams that get ties. Remember that one time, the Dolphins, I think we had five wins that year, but the Packers got a tie, and that was the one thing I held over to you, is I said, at least we don't tie like a fucking bitch. The Packers... We lose. In in my memory, they've tied the Vikings twice, and both times, it's like... You don't have that feeling of losing, because it's not a loss, but it's just like, what the fuck was that bullshit? Like, I've always... Yeah, I always always hated it. What's the age-old... 
saying when it comes to tying. Getting a tie in a football game is like making out with your sister. Yeah. Wow. It puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Um, all right. Update on the onside kick. So, in 2021, receiving teams on kickoffs will be limited to nine players within 25 yards of the ball. That will be the... That's the change to the onside kick rule. I don't know if they were limited to eight last year or something like that. Maybe they get an extra guy or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know what mm-hmm. the old rule was where there's a change there, but that's what the new rule is. Um, that's it? That's it. That's fucking it? That's not going to change a fucking thing. Uh, you will receive a loss of down if two passes are completed behind the line of scrimmage on the same play. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find any other good Two ones. forward passes? Correct? Yeah, two forward passes. Why is that a rule change? I don't understand. That's dumb. Yeah. It's still pretty much a loss of down, isn't it? It's illegal yeah. forward pass. Yeah, I don't know. Other than that, I think that's kind of the only major ones that stand out to me. Obviously, the NFL is never going to make any drastic changes because they're afraid of what the results are going to be. And um, yeah, like it. Yeah, it. I don't. I don't know why we expected or got our hopes up for anything major to change. But there you go. That's the NFL they, rule changes for this year. Wasn't the rule like they still usually only have nine guys? But they all just stack them up on the one side where they know the kick's coming, right? And so then it's usually one guy on the other side, or they have eight guys, two, and then one in the back usually in I, case they try and. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what change that creates because I don't know what the old rule was. But I, I, I like the idea of doing like a, like a fourth and. They said uh, fourth and fifteen. I want fourth that. No, yeah, I want fourth and twenty-five. Yeah, I, I like a fourth and twenty-five. <clears throat> their or own fourth and thirty. I think it was at their own twenty-five. Right. So yeah, like I'd say I twenty-five. Like you got to get it out to the fifty. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Put you about the same range. Right. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Maybe fourth and twenty. Fourth and twenty with to the forty-five. It doesn't put you right in field goal position. You still got to do a couple of things, but it gets you the ball back and gets you. You know, I think, you know, and it's still, it should still be like a timed down and all that stuff. So time's going to come off the clock if you're going to try and do that where most and kicks if you're are only up timed by, until the ball's. It's also good for the other team because if they're only up by, God, just like I said, the only problem is so many teams will just tell people to run flies and hope for pass interference. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll basically become a Hail Mary situation where teams are going down there and just hoping for a pass interference or you just throw your tallest guys out there and throw a jump ball up. But instead, like I said, the success rate would go up. I'd have to wait and see. Like I'd have to see yeah. that. Like but, it would be the success. Yeah, ra- I don't want success ratio to be like above thirty three percent. No, for an yeah. Side kick. No, the, it should still be basically like if you're down in the fourth quarter with less than a minute left. Because play a better game, you know. But also, no, I want those exciting end of games too. Because there's nothing to me that I hate more when it comes to the football than the. Oh, you think they scored too soon? And I just go, shut the fuck up. That's the dumbest thing ever. I hate that. Yeah, no. If you I, score too, I'm like, yeah. you gave the other team too much time. And I was like, all right, cool. Here's a scenario for you. Uh, your guy, say someone kneels the ball at the one yard line, mm-hmm. right? So you'd be like, all right, cool. We still, you know, say you need a touchdown to win, but there's like minute 50 left in the game. So you try and kneel the ball at the one. What do you do the next play if you try and throw a quick pass? It gets intercepted. Like what happened to Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl. Do you think you look like a hero then? 
What do you think you say at that point? Man, we should have just scored the touchdown. We could have won. Our, our defense could have held. Nobody ever asked that fucking question, do they? Because mm-hmm. one guy, what was it? Last, I can't remember who it was last year that scored, and everybody dogged him out for scoring that touchdown. I was like, fuck that. Score I the remember. points. I, I remember who you're talking about. It was a running back. Was. Yeah. I yep. said, fuck that. Points on board. Yep. Your defense can't hold. You weren't fucking destined to win anyways. Your defense can't win at 140. What makes you think that they can win with 45 seconds left? Yeah. Yeah, I've I've never liked the you scored too early. It's kind of the same thing. Like I, I've heard it a lot in hockey, where it's like, oh, there's too much time left on the clock. We're ahead, but there's too much time left on the clock. You always want to be ahead. Yeah, you're ahead. Like That's I said, the I point. understand. They are ho- now playing from behind. There's pressure on them too. Hockey is more of the the dreaded two goal lead. You never want the two goal lead. You know what I mean? Sure. Because it winded down in the third. They get one in. There's maybe two minutes left, and they just pull the goalie. Get f- six on five. Which yeah. I'm saying, if you're in a six on five, you're in a good situation. If you're the other team, right? Because they have to hurry up and play defense. Which I can't. I think it was someone for the Hurricanes this year. Holy shit! Did that guy play fucking? He they came back on it. And he they think they still lost, but he blocked like three fucking pucks from going in, and he was just like a defenseman. I was like, that guy, get that guy a contract, get some pads on him. <laughs> um, moving on, some more football related news. Uh, Alden Smith. Got or was wanted for an alleged battery in the New Orleans area. He did turn himself in last night. Um, we're recording on Wednesday. And he turned Boy, himself Seattle. in on Tuesday. Seattle players are just kind of just whooping up on people right now. I, I don't understand what's going on with Alden Smith. It's just like constant trouble for the guy. The guy's got all sorts of it, just Too trouble. Too much grunge falls. music, yeah. flannel, and Starbucks coffee. Get people I, agitated up yeah. there. So that's what's going on with Alden Smith. Um, you know, hopefully he's able to straighten his life out, but I don't think there's a place for him in football anymore if this is how things are going to continue to go, man. Like, how many chances has this guy been given? Fuck. I don't know, man. This is a is a it's hot, the, it's it's the hot NFL. Yeah, it's the, it's the NFL, right so I don't really want to. And I know that there's strong feelings on every side of this NFL's argument. NFL's so. got to play this lightly because if they give him a super long banning for a battery, then everyone's just going to turn around and say, how come Deshaun's not getting... Right, suspended for a year long, and that well, they'll be like, well, he's a re- repeat offender. He'll be like, oh, really? I think twenty was it twenty one women because one of them dropped the suit. Right. I think twenty one women would like to disagree with that. Right. You know, it's fuck. Yeah, you're in hot. The, the NFL's really screwed themselves in in the last fifteen years with how they've handled all of these situations because each one they've handled on an individual basis. They don't have like a precedent. Hey, you do this. Here's what it is. You do this. Here's what it is. Like, there hasn't been that blanket, here's what needs to happen. It's been, here's an individual basis. Okay, you're going to meet with the commissioner. You're going to have a chat with him. Mm -hmm. You know, know, that's why. Get a little slap on the wrist. What you're talking about, just Just the integrity. Hockey's able to keep its integrity real well. Usually, typically, you headhunt someone. It's a couple games suspension. If you Bertuzzi someone, you get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You're done. You're done for, like, a whole fucking year. Get Mm -hmm. the fuck out. You don't cripple a guy and come back. Right. Yeah, no, and yeah, so the NFL, come back after that, by the way. The NFL is just they they've they've dug themselves a, a bottomless pit at this point. They haven't even dug they've they're past digging themselves a hole and don't get me wrong, I'm gonna fucking watch every game next year. But yeah, we have to we're a sports podcast. That's true. We're legally obligated. That's true. But it's just it they they've really screwed themselves over in this and also next year when XFL comes out. Oh, We're yeah. going to have a lot more family-orientated, family, family friendly football. That's right. 
fun bring back the battle hawks yeah we gotta oh man we gotta see when they bring back the xfl we should have evan do coverage of the canadian teams because we don't i just don't want to if they do the cfl versus xfl i don't want to cover canada fuck them all right yeah fuck we don't even cover canada in the hockey part of this fucking show fuck canada that's true you want to impress me Win a fucking championship of a sport you invented. That'll pull your mic just a little bit closer to you there. Thank you. I fucking suck on my scrotum. <laughs> Not really. Um, all right, we can, we can be done with the NFL. It's uh, one last NFL thing. Antonio Brown has settled one of his uh, assault deals. If you sexual assault, that. sexual Not assault. Not his assault. Deals. His sexual assault with his uh, former trainer. They settled, but is that the one that he farted in his face or something like that? No, the one that claimed that. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I don't really care, honestly. Antonio Brown shouldn't have been, also shouldn't have been allowed back in the league after everything that he pulled, and guy was just given a Super Bowl ring. So I don't know if he was given, and he still had to play. Well, he still earned it. They don't just give those things away. Fuck, yeah. give me one. <laughs> give me one of the seventy-two Dolphins Super Bowl rings. There you go. I wear that every day. I wear yeah. it under everybody's fucking nose. <laughs> um, and uh, the last one that I got written down here, the last note that i have here before i'll toss it back over to you uh athlete protests and uh, political statements at the olympics this summer are banned they're still banned technically they had already banned them um so yeah they want to keep the olympics as free of that kind of stuff as possible and you know what as much as i support everybody using their platform to do what they need to feel they need to do i'm okay with that for the olympics because that could be a lot of trouble i think so and fuck the olympics <laughs> i like i like the olympics I no like you don't yeah, no I do. you don't <laughs> nobody fucking likes the olympics <laughs> everyone likes if it's summer olympics they like the swimming and they like the sprinting no one's gonna tell me who who's the best mile runner but everyone's gonna tell me who's the world's fastest man right you know what i mean yeah Everyone's going to name Michael Phelps, but no one's going to tell me who's the best fucking team fucking swimmers of all time and shit like that. No, the summer no one's going to tell me who's the best fucking rowboat fucking competition team. The Summer it's Olympics is when they have uh, badminton and uh, <clears throat> handball. I always watch those whenever they were on. They never have handball on, dude. It's so rare to catch them on. They had, I NBC's remember... cu- NBC does like one game of fucking handball, and, they, oh, and then they yeah. just immediately be like, hold on, gymnastics is on, and the American team is not doing anything. So let's, there was literally fucking dude four years ago there was coverage of it mm-hmm. they were sitting there talking about the american team showing the american team just standing there doing nothing while someone else was performing and i was like i don't fucking care show the person who's performing it's fucking gymnastics i shouldn't care but you know what i mean it's fucking competition i don't care about right. these four fucking hun yucks wearing fucking spandex up the crack of their at which I mean, i'm not gonna argue that they're very attractive women but you know show the competition god damn it <laughs> If you actually, if you ever want to see nipple slips the most, this is Marcus's dirty underground while we're in here. I don't get my own little special intro, but if you ever want to see the most nipple slips, water polo has it. Little, little tidbit there for you people. Water polo has the most nipple slips. Um, let's see. Uh, the Yankees suck. We weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> uh, moving on to some baseball. The Yankees suck. Um, they are currently in last place in the American League East, which is fun for any longtime baseball fan to see. Um, my Brew Crew is playing pretty great. The pitching's been spectacular. Um, lineup's very starting to fall su- apart. 
lineup's starting to fall apart. We haven't put out much <clears throat> offense, but we don't need to put out an offense when the other team can't uh, score a run. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> I know. Dude, this is classic Brewers, man. I know. But, hey, it's been a long time since I've seen the Brewers pitching performing this well at this point in the season. Usually the they fuck, just what was it? suck CC all and around. Grinky were the last time it was this good. Yeah, maybe. Very, very, very well could be. Maybe. That was back when we also used to have the fat bearded dude that would sprint to the fucking he'd, he'd also he'd wear the knickers too or yeah, on the outside Todd yeah he he'd was wear awesome the high, the, like the high they're called knickers right the high socks that you have the straps on mm-hmm. i think british call them that yeah you really have to be really careful with that word because it sounds like something else that can get you in a lot of trouble yeah yes em- emphasize the on the ck K. yes yeah um but i'm, I'm pretty sure that's what they are because it's like no one really wears them like they just wear the high socks but he was the one that wore the weird ones I just remember that he was like the only guy that did that. Yeah, um, he was fat and he'd sprint. Uh, New York sitting at uh, six and ten. They are the second worst team in the American League. Guess who the worst team is right now? Actually, Cleveland Indians. Close, the Minnesota Twins. Oof! But they also haven't played a game in a while. Yeah. Uh, Why the Twins haven't played a game in a while? COVID. Ah, you old COVID getting them? Huh? Yeah. Should have took the vaccines like I did. My arm is still sore. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, it's been like two, three days. Impressive. I didn't get fatigued though. It's actually not That's so good. bad now. That's good. Um, yeah, other other roundup. Uh, Dude, the fucking A's have been bouncing yeah, I was back. Gonna say your A's, A's are in first in the West yeah! at uh, twelve and seven. Um, the Mets uh, leading the East at seven and five. That's going to be a pretty close division, I think, all year. That'll be a fun one to watch because you got basically four teams. Almost, honestly, all five of those teams have a legitimate shot between Atlanta. Washington, Miami, and Philly. Um, Central. When are you going to do your Brewers, like, state of the address that you did for the Packers for the Brewers and just fucking suck on Corbin Burns like <laughs> you did Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Is that going to come at, like, we'll, All-Star we'll break? Uh, no, I don't, after so. break? I don't think so. I don't think so. Once they fall apart, then I know that they're out of it. That's when I'll... That's when I'll do that. Uh, the Brewers right now are in first in the Central. They're at eleven and seven, ahead of Cincinnati, who are nine and seven. Um, Cubs are in last place in our division. Always good to see that as well. Things are back and right as they chubbies. always should be. Um, and then in the West, LA, best team in the majors right now at fourteen and four. San Francisco and S- San Diego are both up there as well. Brewers actually playing San Diego today, so or they might have the game might actually already be over. <laughs> So, uh, any other baseball things you got? Uh, like I said, Burns is on fire right now. Yeah. A lot of no-nos, but zero perfect games. It's kind of been With real close. Two, two of, of them, them close. Both of them perfect into the ninth inning. So that's, yeah, that's the bitch, though. You gotta yeah. get, once the batters start getting about third, fourth time around, they can kind of learn some of your tricks. And yeah. your arm doesn't get any fresher. Batting is just, like, you don't get more tired the longer you bat. Uh, your A's did walk off, by the way, in the 10th, thanks to a pair of airs by the Twins. They did. And you know what? Fuck them. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> I love. Dude, I'm so, you know what? I was a little worried when they went, like, 0-6 to begin the year, but my faith was not 100% shattered. It was only about 35% shattered. Yeah. Uh, the Brewers did win tonight, by the way. They swept the Padres. Uh, that's pr- that's a pretty good team to sweep. I'm, I'm okay with that. A three-game sweep, sweep against the Padres. Tatis just came back, too, so his he played, might yeah, still be played. a little fucked up, but... Yeah, that's that's a good... That's um, not a... That, that's not a sweep to, like, you know, 
turn away. It's like, so like you're a, sweeping the chubbies. Yeah, that's a, that's a good. When's that's next a good time, three game? When's the next time you guys play the cubbies? Uh, let me pull up the schedule. I can look here. Because I want to see when's the next time you're gonna beam that fucking dude. Uh, they play them. <laughs> uh, this, not this. Yeah, this coming weekend. Actually, yeah, after they have uh, Thursday off and they started through a game with them on. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Chicago. So we got some day games. So I don't know. I don't know how much how chippy it'll be, but that'll be interesting with uh, uh, Woodruff, Peralta, and Woodruff going on Saturday and Sunday. So that'll be good. And then uh, that I mean, right now our 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 one two three is I'm I'm pretty happy with it between Peralta, Woodruff, and Burns. We're getting a lot of strikeouts. You think they're gonna with move it. Burns up at all? Or you think they're gonna keep it the way it is? I think I guess keep, I think keep it. I think you leave it the way it is until. You know, maybe if a guy gets hurt or something like that, then you have to bump around the um, rotation a little bit. If we, but... ever, if we ever bring my dad on this podcast, I'll ask him because I told him at the beginning of the year, I said, if you're taking bets, I said, Burns is probably going to get the NL. I, so you, I remember you Cy telling me that, and I was like, whatever. I said, one of the Brewers pitchers like... is going to get it. I said, I, I couldn't remember who it was. It wasn't Woodruff. I, mean, I think it was No, Burns. I remember you because you said it on the podcast and yeah. at some point, too. You'd have to go back and listen. We'd have to listen yeah. to the tape. But I remember I I'm, I stand by you. You called it. So if something happened, like, I was like, whatever, dude. Like, Brewers ain't going to have a fucking good pitcher this year. Like, our, our, it'll be as it always is. Our relief pitching will tell- be top-notch, but our – Starting pitching will not do anything to set them up for success. I've said it once. I've said it a hundred times. I don't hate baseball. I just hate the MLB. Yeah. MLB ruins the fun of baseball. Yeah. But I still love baseball. I still pay attention to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's like I said. It's one of the true sports where superstition reigns true. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to hockey news. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. What do you got? Uh, Patrick Marlowe broke Gordie Howe's record. Something I never thought was gonna happen. Good for you. You will see a one singular, since you're a shark, from me and Casey, you will see a one singular sink clap from us. On three. Ready? One, two, three. Congratulations. Marlo, it's been fun watching you. It's been watching fun watching the Knights whoop your ass this year as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert Lair and Evander Kane in that game also had a little bit of a spat. And since I'm talking about uh, Lair... Um, just today, actually, he's in a little, I don't know if he's in hot water, but him and the NHL are not having a very good time. He's the Knights backup goalie, if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> today he just, uh, came out with a statement, um, saying that the NHL forced players to get the coronavirus vaccine. I don't know which one, the J&J or the fucking, right. whichever the one that I just got that I got to get the part two for that me and you have. Yep. Um, Moderna and that they Pfizer. were, yep. And that they were misled. By what changes would be made if they agreed, uh, to which, uh, as he said to reporters, and I quote, we are vaccinated, we are still trapped in a prison. He had concerns about the restrictions, uh, well, what the constrictions do to the mental health, saying as someone with bipolar diagnosis, he does have that. It was found out when he was in the Sabres organization, he did have that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is why I'm super that. glad he got out of the Sabres organization, because that'll give anybody fucking bipolar disorder, yeah. especially someone that already has it worsened. Um, isolation is something he was told not to do. Layer says the league is picking competitive edge over the treatment of players. Um, and you just you want me to read his full quote here? Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> I'm not going to do a funny voice. I was thinking about it for a second. That's a serious issue. No, yeah, it is. This is some. This is something I've been thinking about too. Because it's like, okay, these. Uh, b- before you read the quote, it's like we have these leagues that are 
implementing all these protocols and then really pushing for their players to get vaccinated, which is fine. I, I support getting vaccinated and I'm not against it. You know, whatever. Everybody is technically free to make their own choice. But what happens after vaccination? Like if, if they did make those promises like, hey, you guys get vaccinated. Here's what we can go back to. Like if they didn't make those kind of promises, then it's on the leagues to. It's dude. It's this whole shit's gonna be up in the air until next year. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. But uh, Layer said, at some point we gotta start looking at the mental health of people around us, not just the NHL, but everyone in society, and see how we can start getting back to a normalcy. Don't know if that's a word, but it is. Because the problem is going to be huge, but lying to us about things changing to kind of forcing us to take the vaccine—that's unacceptable. And now that we've taken the vaccine to have the excuse of saying, no, we're not changing because of competitive advantage, it's outrageous. He continued saying they told me yesterday that they were surveying all the teams to see who has taken the vaccine and who has not taken the vaccine. And they're not going to change the rules for us as players until all the players have the vaccine at the same time. So it's not a competitive edge. Layers said that the latest news made him go crazy. So, hmm. I'm trying to think. I think the, and I'm obviously the, the NHL, whether yeah. it's true or not, mm-hmm. his word versus NHL, obviously the NHL is going to deny all this and say it's all fake and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it's a hard thing to try and really argue as I've, you know, as I just mentioned, he, the man does have bipolar disorder. So they can sure. just say, oh, this is just an episode he's having. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I right. don't know. I don't know the man personally. So as I like to say, we'll let the, if this goes to some legal thing, we'll let the lawyers battle it out. Right. Yeah. The NHL, did, or the um, Deputy Commissioner Commissioner Bill Daly, Daly mm-hmm. um, he said, it's been a matter that's been raised and discussed as between us and the NHLPA, but no discussion to or decision, sorry, to modify has ever been made nor communicated to anyone. So they're basically saying that they never said that there would be any change to things if players got vaccinated, but they've talked about it. So I wouldn't uh, be surprised if the league like went to the players, like I said, and they and any of the leagues said, "Hey, if you guys do this, here's what we can go to," you know, kind of as a get the vaccine to and you know i think the leagues do look at the players as like that public example so it's like hey if your favorite player is getting the vaccine why shouldn't you kind of thing too because we're fucking idiots and we care we care more about the opinions of actors and sports players than we do smart people like you know scientists and doctors yeah and doctors no doctors and scientists are stupid right but jenny mccarthy told me vaccine bad well the vaccine must be bad Mm mm-hmm um, I don't trust it. Because I think MLB and NBA both said, I don't want to put it, uh, that if like 80% of their staff and players 80, all get... 85%. Yeah, if they all yep. get a majority of vaccination, like not a majority, like 50 plus, would, you know, the official Roberts rules of majority is 50% plus one, but 80, like we said, 80, 85% get the um, vaccination and they'll ease up on policies but i don't know what the fuck that means mm-hmm. it means that andy reed doesn't get to wear his face shield anymore fuck i don't know right like i said it's all fucked up and we're trying to figure out shit as we're going on yeah but it's gonna be another year i i am 100 percent in belief of that as well Ugh. okay now on a news that isn't 
so it's not we didn't really politically drive it but it, no. it feels so politically driven because the media yeah. fucking bastardizes everything that ever happened throughout ever history mm-hmm. Knights reclaimed first place in our week but Colorado is still two games back they have a chance to regain it this is super interesting uh, it's nice we're to getting see, down to the wire this it's is nice nice to see the two teams that I picked as some of the best in they're, the league are doing the best yeah they're definitely my yeah. power ranking from a long time ago we will have to revisit that. Maybe we'll revisit that next week. I think I still had. I think I had Tampa Bay as number two. Mm-hmm. I think in that listing. Yeah, but I, I think I'd, at I'd the time, Avs were injured, and I don't know how long it was going to be. So, but and then I had Colorado and Vegas in my top three. So it's good to see you know, mm-hmm. they're fighting it out, and I think some of the best teams are going to come from the West. Looking it through all the way, I'll just read it through. St. Louis is on the outside looking in. They have a chance to make it back, so they're going to be playing hard, and I think they play Vegas a couple times, and I think they play Colorado a couple times still. The Yotes are holding on to that fourth spot. Minnesota's pretty firm at third, so they're not going to drop at all, and then Vegas and Colorado, as I said, are fighting back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, Every other team I pretty much see is out of contention. Maybe if the Sharks can pull off a miracle and win out and Arizona and St. Louis yeah, another team falls out. apart but that's pretty rare to happen mm-hmm. in the central uh, Dallas is trying to fight it's it's on the outside looking in at 50 points whereas Nashville's at 51 and then the other three teams are 65 65 62 that central's looking pretty good but also mm-hmm. they played Detroit a shit ton and yeah the Blue Jackets who have pretty much tried to buy in a couple of years ago to win the chip and fell short, and then also Chicago had 47 points, having an okay year. Um, one thing I did learn, um, it's it fucking came to me as why I didn't think about it, why so many teams didn't trade and move around during the deadline. The expansion draft's coming up. Mm. So if you trade and pick up a guy, and he's got two years on his contract, you still have to kind of protect his ass. Mm-hmm. And I think before the expansion draft... I want to go through, like when the season's done and before Seattle's expansion draft, I want to go through and read all the rules that they have to follow because it confuses people a little bit. You just think, oh, we yeah, just Yeah, it would be nice for that to be explained because I'm, I'm not exactly sure because I I didn't really get into hockey until after the Knights had already done their draft and their, the season was about to start. And like everybody talked about during the Golden Knights first season, how they really took advantage of the expansion draft and were able to make do some wheeling and dealing. All the rules are the exact roster. same for Vegas as it was Seattle. However, right. George McPhee is not their GM, and uh, there's a lot of GMs that lost seven, their job. About seven GMs have lost their job since that expansion draft. Mm-hmm. About six, seven of them. So I'm thinking they're all fucking. So they're not going to get hosed like they did. Right. But then a lot of teams are going to lose their second liners. Yeah. And it'll be crazy to see. All right, back to it now. Uh, Rangers on the outside looking in. 52, they need to get 58 to catch the Boston. I don't think it's possible for them. They might. I kind of want the Rangers to do it. They've sucked for the last, God, half decade. And it'd be nice to see the Rangers come back. Yeah. And I think hockey needs the Rangers to be good. They're one of the original teams, man. Yeah, what's the, you really how many was it? the original six? Something yeah. like that they call it? Yeah. And so they're fighting for it, but I'm I'm thinking the four that's in right now are going to be the ones that go in with Washington 62, Islanders 62. So that's going to be a tough fight for the number one there. Number one in the division means kind of fuck all. 
but and then Pittsburgh 61, so they're also behind him still. And then finally with Boston at 58, as I said, and then the Canadian division, those the four teams that are there are pretty much locked in. Yeah. Montreal, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto. Toronto 61, like I said they're going they're going to fucking win their division. Yeah. It's it didn't surprise anyone. Winnipeg at 57, um Edmonton at 56 and Montreal at 47, the Habs sitting there. The Habs are the only team that could get knocked out, but Calgary's not going to get that 6-point makeup on them. No. And that pretty much concludes the hockey news and the updates. Nothing too serious on the injury lines or Really, other big news, just Robert Lair stirring some shit pot with COVID and Marlowe breaking Gordie Howe's record. Yeah. Well, what do you say we uh, bring our boy Evan in a little bit early for a fresh top 10? All right, and we now welcome on, as we do every single week, Evan has joined the program. He's joining us a little bit early this week because we have a special top 10 that we're going to go over, uh, and that is brought to us by our very good friend, Miami Marcus. What do you mean, our good friend? You mean, it's just me. I'm the host. Like That's right. It be I'm sorry. Friend. We established that at the beginning of this episode. Him. You are the host. <laughs> I'm the host. I'm the co-host. All right. So recently, WrestleMania happened. Uh, I didn't watch it because, as I tell people, if there's not, if it's not like a sixty thousand pack stadium, I can't get into pro wrestling. Like it's just to me the crowd react. I care more for the crowd reactions than I do anything else. Um, and especially with Mania being such a crazy, because Mania, there's so many different countries of like people, like not countries of people, like peoples from different countries flying out to it. So you get a lot of the European fans, which are all smart marks, which are all fucking guys that just root for the heels, and they have a bunch of crazy different chants. And so it's just fun to see. Um, so we skipped it this year. So I was recently showing Casey and Evan here some uh, pro wrestling videos. And it just made me sit down and be like, I want to do a top 10 list. What I feel is the top 10 greatest wrestlers of all time. Um, and then I thought through, and it can't really be of all time. because then. So I had to eliminate guys like Bruno San Martino. Because mm-hmm. Evan and Casey have no fucking clue who that guy is. Uh, like Mad Dog Vachon, Vern Gagne, uh, Nick Bockwinkle, the Von Erics, they're all been kind of eliminated because, like, in all honesty, nobody fucking here knows who they are. Than I've me. heard of the Von Erics, but I don't know specifically who they are. Uh, they're all dead. Yes, I know that. Like one. the curse of the Von Erich family. Uh, yeah. That's kind of why I know of them. And, uh,. They're all dead. I mean, dude, no, seriously. A lot yeah, of them he's not lying. Dead. Like, all except one of them are dead. So, you want me to just get started right on yeah, the list? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. I figure, all right, so I figure, if you want, anyone can just chime in when they want, I can just stop off, so I figure, name, my list is based on, since the 80s, late 70s, 80s, um, based on what I figured, my criteria was longevity, cultural impact, and number of championships. All right. The big three. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm, okay. Um, so, starting at number 10, uh, I know a lot of people probably want him to be a lot higher, so people will not have him to be on this list at all. It depends what type of wrestling fan you are. So, number 10, I have John Cena. Big match, John. I, I'm all right with it. I, I, like, I like that spot for him because there's a lot of guys in my head that are above him. Right, but, but he, he belongs is def- on the list. When you, when you, like you said, when you think about cultural impact... 
everybody knows who John Cena is. Oh yeah, you know, meme wise, um, he's there. Right. Um, the only reason why I don't have him higher mm-hmm. in pro wrestling, one, he has the number of championships. Yeah. Chat like to pee, but also not just number of championships is important because oh, I won the belt fifteen times. Cool. That means you also lost the belt fourteen times. Bruno San Martino has like the world's longest record of owning a belt, mm-hmm. and it's like a couple fucking years. Yeah. Whereas wrestlers now maybe have it for a max of six months. Yeah. It's very rare to see a guy run a gauntlet of a whole year with a championship. Yep. So, John was big in kind of an era where wrestling was flat a bit. You know, yeah. there was no real competition for him. So, once every two months, you'd get John Cena versus Randy Orton. John Cena versus Randy Orton. Right. John yeah, Cena. that was kind of the. I think I, there's videos I've sent to you guys where they've just literally made fun of it, where it's just like, how many times are we going to see Orton versus fucking Cena? It, it was a at the time where they really, like you said, where there really wasn't a bunch of substance. And they were kind of the two guys that was like, okay, that they need to be our rivalry because they're the <laughs> only two guys. Like they were both on Raw, if I remember correctly. Yeah. They were and kind so, of the only two guys that Raw had. To me, in order to create a good hero or one that's real memorable, you need awesome villains. And so you have John Cena. He'd do what he always does. He, all of his matches pertain to he'd get his ass kicked the first ninety percent, and then at the end he would. Just, you know, Super Cena up, go Super Saiyan and win. And, like, when you've seen it over him do it over a decade and not create any big villains for him to fight, dude, it gets fucking boring. Everybody always wanted Cena versus Taker at WrestleMania, and we never got it. And that's uh, heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah they so. even built it up, was that, a couple years ago. They built it up the whole time, and then... Yeah, never happened. never showed up. Um... So that's my number 10. John Cena is on the list because of, and also like all the Make-A-Wish stuff he does. He's a beautiful human oh, yeah. being. Yeah. I'm not right, dogging right, the man. Right. For, oh, yeah. Good guy. He doesn't write the scripts. He, they, WWE tells who's going to win and who's not. Wrestling is fake if you people didn't know. But it's interesting to watch because, uh, as I've told people on the podcast, Marvel isn't real, but yeah, Casey cried when Tony Stark died. So Exactly. And we're um, still friends with him. Yep. He's also, <laughs> and he's we're also still friends with him. I, I'm, I'm a fan of him as a comedy actor. If you've ever seen the movie, uh, is it Blockers? Where he plays like the protective dad, fucking hilarious. Oh, he's I a funny guy. It. I recommend it. He butt chugs in that movie, and it's one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in my life. I know. I love everything about him. He's great. Yeah, it's very just talented. During that ten year period, like that's why I got so into CM Punk is because I was like, John, I don't like, I don't even like CM Punk all that much, mm-hmm. but he's not you, and he's speaking to me what I've been saying for the last fucking four years. So yeah. that's why so many people got behind CM Punk when he was out there. He CM Punk kinda, is not on the list. By he was. He was kind of. CM Punk was kind of the against the establishment a little bit. Was if I remember correctly, wasn't he? Ah, uh, he like, was. Spoke out against the company. Everybody wanted him to be the next Stone Cold, and I was like, it's not going to work. I was like, one, he, he's one, he's straight edge. He's not going to be drinking beers and out there and stuff. And two, w, it, like counterculture isn't all that big anymore. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that later. Number nine on right, the list. Um, a lot of people will say he doesn't deserve to be on here, but to me just via cultural impact and what he did for wrestling Mick Foley slash mankind slash cactus jack slash dude love all of them deserved it all of them to get the number nine spot Mick Foley is <clears throat> definitely as far as cultural impact I agree with that um one of my favorite videos is was at the Royal Rumble where he got 
kicked out Booted with his McFoley. Yep. Came back in as Cactus Jack. Yeah. Got kicked out as Cactus. Like I, I came fucking, back. I yep. love that one. Didn't he? Come did on. he end up winning that one as one of? No, the he did not. But I mean, like, that's such a great thing. Uh, yeah, that was so fucking hilarious that they just had him come in, like keep coming. In. Obviously, <laughs> that's um, fucking great. Everyone will remember Mick Foley from Hell in a Cell, Raw, yep. getting thrown off the cage, yep. died, came back to life, went back to the top of the cage, got thrown through the middle. You know, I, to much as much as I hate to say it is, I, I love watching that match, but then it set a precedent of, whoa, how many, everyone has to go onto the top of the cage now to Hell in a Cell, and you know, mm-hmm. as I said, it's to me, it's the Hardy Boys effect. Where it's let's jump off a twenty foot ladder. Well, let's jump off a thirty foot ladder. And at this point, I'm like, how much higher are you guys gonna go until you realize you can't get any? You know what I mean? You can't achieve that anymore. Yeah. Everything it's it's WWE is theater, and it's always trying to one up yourself and everything you do, and you just can't do that. There is a ceiling. Yep. So I, I agree. Um, I agree with um and, with mankind being there. And why sure. Mick Foley gets the number nine spot for me alone is in a time when steroids were rampant wrestling everyone fucking knows no one's gonna deny it he was this chubby dude (laughs) and he was he was addicted to pain which all of us are like no he's not he's a fucking mortal human being but uh him beating the rock live on raw to give raw the first time in 86 weeks the upper hand on the uh monday night wars and eventually having wwe in in like two short years eventually destroy wcw and buy it out for pennies on the dollar for what it could have been to me is one of the reasons why he deserves to be on there that guy destroyed wcw in a time where it seemed almost invincible number eight on the list uh, is one of my personal favorite wrestlers so he might have squeaked in there because i love him but also there's there's a spot where you can argue him for him being in there and that's sting Sting was prevalent throughout three generations of wrestling from the 80s, the 90s, and even in the early 2000s in TNA. Mm-hmm. He is, obviously, he was part of one of the greatest wrestling events of all time, Starcade 97. It was one of the first wrestling events I ever watched. I've always loved Sting. I've always thought he was great. Scorpion Death Drop is one of my favorite finishers of all time, even though it's just a reverse DDT, but like it's because it's fucking Sting doing it. Right. And the Stinger Splash in the corner. Sting kind of being one of the first wrestlers to kind of have the um how do i want to put it this like cool dark evil persona that's not like undertaker evil but like i work in the shadows to fight the good he was batman dude he was wcw batman yeah and that's fucking cool yeah evan you used to play wcw versus nwo um oh yeah revenge did you ever play a sting or were you more of the luchador guy (sighs) I think I did, but it, that was like a really, really early years sort of thing. Uh. So if I was playing them, I didn't really like register who it was that I was playing. I was playing them for some other reason. Either the way you looked on it, or granted, there were about four pixels. <laughs> didn't know if it was Laparka or Sting, because they're both pretty much just yeah, black and yeah, white. You couldn't tell. Not on the TV. Um, Sting also gets up there the for his rivalry of... Uh, being against just Ric Flair all those years and just showing up that he can be like just that rivalry. That rivalry cemented WCW. It was the main event of the first ever WCW live show where that was actually filmed in the Mall of America, if you didn't know. I did not know that. They, that was the big Lex Luger reveal that they signed him from nice. WWE and brought him over. Oh, okay. This is in wrestling history. And then the last WCW Nitro was Sting versus Flair, which would have been great and emotional 
and good except for the point that part that Vince McMahon already bought it and he used that entire show to basically talk about how much Raw was better and show vignettes as opposed to talking about the course of WCW over the last 20 years. I think he could have... That, that to me, that's the biggest mistake Vince McMahon's ever made. The WBF, World Bodybuilder Foundation, lost money on it. Who gives a shit? First time XFL came out, lost money. Not even that bad. Whatever. He failed at football. Three other... You know, let's tried eight other times and failed. Mm-hmm. Fucking up WCW's last episode to try and rush everything and tell people how much Raw's better and just basically gloat above them mm-hmm. was wrong and not fair. I think you should... You could have played it out to being like, we're going to have one final pay-per-view for WCW and mm-hmm. it's going to be like a five-hour long event. It's the last arcade we'll ever do. And I think you could have made so much fucking money on that. And they just didn't. Yeah. And that's the biggest mistake they've ever made. Sting, I love you. I even watched you in TNA. Um, there's one of my favorite Sting stories. I don't get a little long-winded on this, but I do love Sting. So fuck you, this is my show. Oh, yeah. Um, one of, I'm cutting into Evan's segments, so that's why I'm taking so long. Uh, one of my favorite things. <laughs> one of my favorite things Sting ever did was Jeff Hardy, as everyone know, uh, a lot of people know, if you're big into wrestling, used to be mm-hmm. a huge fucking meth head. Yep. And he was big into methamphetamines, and he came so high to a TNA show, he couldn't even like fucking focus. Like Eric Bischoff, like they told pulled the bullshit where like Eric Bischoff, Bischoff's coming out to talk to the wrestlers, and he's like, "Hey Jeff, how you doing?" And Jeff was smack bagged out of his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. so he goes over to Sting and he says I want you to hard fucking pin this guy and get this match over with real quick I don't care if the people boo I don't care if they're mad I don't care if they feel gypped we gotta get this done over with quick and so the bell rings Sting hits the Scorpio death drop right away pins Matt Hardy in le- or Jeff Hardy in like under two minutes mm. crowd starts chanting this is bullshit and Sting looks at everyone in the crowd he's like I know I know it's one of my favorite Sting moments, and yeah. it's from TNA, other than Starcade 97, but fuck, everyone has it on their favorite Sting moment. Moving on to the next one now, only number seven. Don't worry, people, you'll be here for another hour listening to you talk about pro wrestling. because I'm, I'm here for it. it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <clears throat> Numbers, it's like, as one of those things I've told people is, is they're like, oh, you know so much about comic books. So I was like, fucking ask me about pro wrestling. Uh, I know. We, we've gotten you on to pro the wrestling. Fact that I've ever, before, the fact so that I've ever talked about women is fucking crazy. <laughs> um, that's the greatest fad of mine. Number seven, Macho Man Randy Savage. I wanted him higher on the list, but there's some big names that beat him out. I love yeah. the Macho Man. Everyone loves the Macho Man. Everyone could quote the Macho Man. Casey, yeah. give me a Macho Man quote. Ooh, yeah. Evan, give me a Macho Man quote. I don't think I can. I only know <laughs> fake ones. <laughs> just do the fake one then. That's fine. Hey. I got you. I only know the Bonesaw one. <laughs> hey, that's still a Macho Man Randy That's cultural impact. Thank you. The mm-hmm. Bonesaw. I got you for three minutes of pain. <laughs> I also know something about the cream of the crop. There we go. Cream always rises to the crop. There we go. See right yeah, there. Absolutely. Two guys that have hardly ever watched wrestling and probably have almost never watched a Macho Man Randy Savage match knows his quotes. That's his cultural impact on people. I have watched a Macho Man Randy Savage. My, my I dad, did, yeah, I didn't my dad was a big Macho Man Hulk Hogan guy, so... <sighs> I gotta bring you. We mean your dad. I gotta go on occasionally. Go my, here and we mean my, dad just bullshit on. My dad it. could talk um, '80s wrestling for probably as long as you could. I'd, I'd definitely be up there, dude. I yeah. literally, um, I was going through a hard time in my life. This is about probably five, six years ago. Uh, so I had like a tragedy in my life, and so I did nothing during that except for six straight months of sit in my room, not talk to people that much, barely as much as I could. 
and just watched pro wrestling. I shit you not. That was just as the WWE Network came out. I The first month it was out, I had it. And all I did was sit in my room and watch old wrestling documentaries. Watched I watched fucking WWWF, which was the Worldwide Wrestling Foundation. That was back, before, it was back when Vince's dad owned it. I would sit down and watch that shit. Anything with Dusty Rhodes, I'd sit down and watch it. So that's why I know so much about 80s wrestling and shit as I do, because a six-punk mirror period of my life, I did nothing but cut myself off from the world and watch pro wrestling. There you go. And that's why I love it. Many could argue that it saved Miami Marcus's life. I wouldn't say it saved my oh, life. I've no, never we're been not, suicidal. We're not going that deep. I'm not. It's. I'm not. Like, I've never been suicidal, and I don't think I ever will be. It right. takes a lot for me to get there. I'm an emotional rock, but yeah. I was in a hole. Yeah. No, it happens. No, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. Hey, you know what? We'll just say that it got you out of that hole. It, it did. It was the rope. It was the rope that um, pulled you out. So to go quick. Career retrospective for Macho Man, obviously came out in the 80s, one of the most flamboyant superstars. Every single interview he did with me and Gene, he seemed coked out of his fucking mind and wild. <laughs> um, he was great to watch. Everything, you know, with him and Miss Elizabeth was great. Uh, him, uh, the Mega Powers, I think it was WrestleMania 6 or 5, I can't remember, uh, which was when Hogan and Macho Man teamed up, and then eventually they split apart, which was known as the Mega Powers Explode, which was like one of the greatest wrestling things of all time. Yeah. Um, Macho Man announcing one of his retirements when he was on WWE and then Elizabeth runs out and meets him that was real beautiful it was a good moment it was just good to watch 80s wrestling it was good storytelling back then yeah um, I love Macho Man everyone does and as I tell people the world was predicted by the Mayans to end the day Macho and Randy Savage died and to this day in my heart of hearts I will still always believe that Macho Man knowingly sacrificed himself for the world to fight off the powers of chaos so somewhere out there in the cosmos, Macho Man Randy Savage is fighting the, the demons man, of yeah. chaos. <laughs> he's sacrificing himself to become the ultimate. He's on a plane we can't perceive, but he's fighting for it. And every wrestler that dies now just goes out to help him out. Oh, it's, like, it's a beautiful it's like wrestling Valhalla, I Crazy, yeah, Valhalla stuff. That's nice. Like All right, that. moving on to number six now. God, I wanted him, I wanted him so much higher, but I, oh, then the... The other names I haven't beat on here, I know it's the latter half, or it's the bottom half of the top ten. Mm-hmm. A lot of these are pretty... And I know you guys are definitely going to disagree with me on it. Number six is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> He's not higher. Huh? He's so, not high. I've, I wow. Got, I got... I, I mean, obviously, I knew he was going to be on this list because... Oh, 100%. It's the fucking rock, but... Wow, I'm definitely surprised that he's not higher. Um, that being said, I mean... Most electrifying, most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment, and I know it was just kind of a promo tagline, but it's true. Hell of a lot of truth to that promo tagline there he, for sure. I'm, it's definitely and so, wrong. the reasons why I have him at six and not higher is because the five I have above him are basically like since the '80s modern day wrestling titans of the industry. Like to me, if there was a Mount Rushmore, these five are on it, and you can't argue that with me. Okay, The Rock. As good as he was at promos, like mesmerized crowds. Mm-hmm. That dude would talk and you'd listen. You'd hate he was his a when he show with the mic. Even when he was a heel, you'd still listen. Mm-hmm. He did everything he could to get the most entertainment out of people. I've never laughed as much, I think, as I haven't, unless I've well, watched we were, the Rock. We were doing watching promos. some old Rock matches the other the other day, and <clears throat> we were all all three of us were dying laughing. Like we were, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Like it was hilarious. They're, they're all fantastic. Yeah, he's funny. He's um, funny, and he knows how to, he knows what he's doing. In and, and I mean, I kind of agree with what you're saying, mostly because 
to be honest, as electrifying and amazing as his, his WWE career was, he became an actor. True, but this isn't measuring I mean, how much of an actor he is. No, I know. That's what oh. I'm saying. Yeah, and like, the first... He, he, yeah. he kind of, like, moved away from it and continued doing what he was best at, which was the personality, the acting. That yes, part 100%. I agree with you 100% on that, Evan. So the reason why he's six is, one, is longevity. He only sure. really wrestled for about 12, 13 years. Yeah. And that's not Which even I mean, actively. Yeah, he was kind of in and out towards the mm-hmm. end. Because it didn't he have like a The Rock movies. came back kind of moment? Yes, he did, times, multiple yeah. times. Yeah, a couple times. He yeah. had... Right. He came back as a heel one time, and that was to mm-hmm. fight Austin, and that's the first time we... That was the Hurricane versus Rock match I was showing you guys, which is fantastic. And then that was when he... Uh, that was when he did Mummy 2. He was in that. And then mm-hmm. he left to go to a store, Scorpion King and then came back. And him and Hurricane, and he was a baby face at the time when he came back the second time. Mm-hmm. And the Hurricane's like, I saw Scorpion King. I actually thought it was pretty good. <laughs> they had like a nice little <laughs> healing moment amongst the two. Uh, that's funny. Good. Um, obviously, Rock versus Austin. One of the greatest rivalries of the yeah. Attitude Era. Yeah. Except for the fact I tell people is the Attitude Era is only about eight years in wrestling yeah. history and i'm trying to cover almost 40 yeah. to 50 years of it yeah, yeah, yeah. i think the attitude era gets a lot of people a, rec- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it gets a lot of attention now because our generation like that's the wrestling that our generation grew up watching so we look back at that as like that was the pinnacle we don't go right. further back than that we don't go too much forward than not that like full disclosure exactly like, so it's kind of sucked since the attitude era has yeah. been over but yeah so longevity is what hurts him. Number of championships is a little bit weaker than some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. And but The Rock is, and also in all honesty, I love you, Dwayne. I love you, The Rock. God, you can't fucking wrestle, dude. Your sharpshooter shit. Your fucking your lariats are terrible. Yeah. Your fucking finishing moves are an uranagi and a standing elbow drop with theatrics. Yes. Okay. Macho Man Randy Savage was a diving elbow. Stings with a scorpion death drop. Mick Foley's was Mr. Sacco, which is known as a mandible claw, or the, what a lot of people don't know, double arm DDT, double arm underhook DDT mm-hmm. was another one of his. Mm-hmm. And John Cena's is obviously the STF, which everyone was like, it used to be called the STFU, and then they censored it. I was like, no, not really. I mean, yeah, they did. They took the U off, but STF still stands for step over, toe hold, face lock. Mm-hmm. And like I say, you see, wrestling aficionado, baby. Mm-hmm. I know it all. So as Rock's move set kind of hurt him a little bit, and that's why I couldn't put him in the top five. Yeah, still the greatest entertainer, uh, arguably one of the best entertainers out of this. Yeah. There's still a guy on this list I think that has the Rock beat. Yeah. All right, number five on the list. Uh, I think one of Evan's personal favorites, if I remember correctly, we've got um, Mark Calloway, aka The Undertaker. Oh, definitely. That was my Evan. thing when I was a little kid. Yeah. Evan, did you I ever do The Undertaker we sit up? Hmm. The Undertaker sit up, you know, like when he's laying down, and then you think he's beat, and he just oh, fucking yeah, pops absolutely. up. Absolutely, that's how we would when we put when when I would watch it with my cousins, because uh, they were super big into it, and I just liked watching it with them mostly. I would, we would do that, and then I would be down, when like they'd start doing a count, and then I would and get up because I was being <laughs> the Undertaker. Nice, I love it. And I, was I, mean? the, I was a couple years older than them, so I was the biggest one, so it was perfect. Yeah. Undertaker, his promos, he didn't cut a crazy amount of them. Early on in his career, he had Paul Bear mm-hmm. do a lot of promos. They were still really good. Yeah. But it's the when you're in when you're a giant. 
and you're you're just this like it was one of those things it was just his his omnipresence Mm -hmm. his like to just sit there and be like oh my god it's the fucking undertaker how many times Mm -hmm. did the lights go out you heard the fucking bell chime and had goosebumps on you every fucking time every fucking time it's always been great to hear yep you hear it and you know it's iconic Mm -hmm. um obviously the streak one of the greatest things in wrestling to ever happen the wrestlemania streak it's beautiful it's glorious Mm -hmm. and as much as like people just mentioned this like it kind of sucks because, like, at the winning end of his career, I'll admit he he got gassed toward the end. He's getting yeah. close on sixty, and he was getting gassed at the end of yeah, he, he, the matches. His, his body just couldn't withstand it anymore. I've listened to a couple of different well, interviews you, of him talking you, about it. Yeah, and, yeah. When yeah. You, when you're you know one of the big guys, and you're one of the big guys for so long, they have you do a lot of stuff. You know, yeah. Well, he basically had no knees left. He had no hips left, yeah. and he was still out yeah. there. There, like he was talking. I listened to his. Um, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I listened to the whole thing because it was fucking The Undertaker, and I was like, I'm listening to this shit. And uh, he was talking about, like, he would go to different specialists constantly, and they'd be like, we legitimately do not know how you are still doing this. Because if you look right here, you got nothing left, but you're still moving around. And, and like, there were some things that they would be like, how do you not have pain there? He's like, I don't know. I just don't have pain in that spot. And they're just like, they they just couldn't explain it like the, definitely a freak of nature so, for sure undertaker um obviously uh early on in raw and like early on in wwe in the late 80s like i guess a little bit like mid late 80s uh was big there his first major match was i think wrestlemania 4 which was out in caesar's palace arguably one of the worst wrestlemanias of all time fought a dude by the name of giant gonzalez if you like watching things that'll make you laugh and goofy wrestling, check it out. If you actually appreciate wrestling, don't fucking watch it. Yeah. Don't watch anything from Caesar's Palace. Uh, that's one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. Yep. Uh, so longevity, he's fucking hung in there a long time. It even like I'm gonna knock the last couple of years. He gets a ding for it, but you're not gonna sit there and tell me his last matches against Triple H and Shawn Michael were not some of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. Yeah, his. I, I was just Captain telling. Indeed. I was just telling you the other day that his last match against Triple H in WrestleMania was my favorite one. His one sure. in his my one of my favorite matches is Taker versus Shawn Michaels for Shawn's retirement. It's just even watching the promo of that today still gives me goosebumps to mm-hmm. know of like what that meant to the wrestling world. Yeah, and so obviously championships he gets there rivalries. He's fucking dude. Him and Triple H's rivalries like yeah. WrestleMania seventeen. Like they fought each other like four times at wrestlemania mm-hmm. and they've all been great um, and just the feuds he's been him and edge yeah his him and edge him and rivalry on smackdown was, awesome. was some that of was the awesome. fucking best that was right in my heyday and i remember when so edge won the money in the bank and i remember it was like the it was the main event undertaker was had just won the heavyweight title Mm-hmm. and he won it was a hard fought match i don't remember i think he might have actually been against like randy orton or somebody like that because it was like it was a big person that he was against beat him was completely gassed like laying down and then fucking edge comes out and cashes in his money in the bank i was i, I liked edge at the time i was pissed i was so pissed because he, he was just like like and like i can i can still remember edge like shaking the the case at the ref like i'm cashing this in right now and edges. he literally just like lays down, pins him, fucking wins the that was, Oh my god! After doing that, he got the nickname of uh, the ultimate opportunist. Yeah, a little interesting tidbit for people there. 
Yeah, I I, I still I, remember true. like how mad I was to this day about that one because at the time, like I would say, Undertaker is probably my yeah. second favorite wrestler of all time. So I'm like, I was just like, oh man. Closing statements for Takers before I move on to the next guy because I know you guys won't probably have too much to say about him. About the next guy I'm gonna do. So closing statements on Taker Casey. Um, uh, like true legend. Um, it it sucks that his retirement, like his final match, came during like COVID, so he couldn't be in front of fans. That does. I felt, I felt bad about that one, but his introduction yeah, when Vince bummer. when Vince came out and did his introduction for him, that was that was pretty cool. Like you could tell, like he was Vince was even pretty emotional about it. So that was pretty cool. Evan, closing statements. Whenever I think of wrestling and all the times that I watched it. He's the man that first comes to my mind. He's just my number one because it was exactly when I was watching him. His his, when... his uh sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, Evan, but his storyline. <laughs> Evan's Kane closing was, statement. His storyline of yeah, Kane no, was it's really fine. Cool yeah, it's not like I didn't you know say anything for you or anything. Fuck kind of a dick move, dude. <clears throat> sorry. Go ahead, Evan. Finish it out because I got. I'll get my <laughs> that was it. Statement. No, to oh, me, okay. he's one of the first people I think of when I think wrestling all, all right. the time. Whenever I think about it. Throughout yeah. my whole life, I've had people tell me wrestling is fake. And that they've kind of made fun of me for it, to which my response has always been like, well, yeah, but you watch all these other fake shows and you get emotionally invested. So, you know, what's the difference between me watching two sculpted up dudes with way too much fucking olive oil on their bodies wrestle each other? So, you know, go fuck yourself. Sorry, is Real Housewives real? Yeah. Yeah. In a time where UFC started to, like, it was started to take off, we had a guy who was an undead wizard brought back to life by a man by the name of Paul Bearer and was controlled by an urn. If I told you that guy would have been one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, you would have said bullshit to me. And this is why I think Undertaker deserves it. You had a gimmick that seems kind of weird and goofy and shouldn't get you as popular as you were. And throughout the course of almost 40 years, dude, be one of the greatest omnisayas and paragons of wrestling history. Mm-hmm. being able to do it all there's obviously some bad there the disciples of darkness sucked a lot of people don't like biker taker uh us three here we love biker taker Hell i yeah. love Roland. i loved american badass that was great all right moving on to number four we spent way too much time on we taker but time you know fuck taker. that this is you know, my podcast i'll spend yeah, as much time talking about people as i want yeah. he's probably like when you, okay. he's, he's two uh, at least two of these uh podcasters one of their all-time favorites so yeah we, we had Evan's a lot to all-time say on favorite. Him. yeah uh number four I, I would put oh go ahead evan sorry go ahead i would say no i would have i would have agreed i i put him as my favorite i would definitely oh, say so. a lot of people would which is why i think i put him at five is very argumentative for people but to me i wanted to look yeah, at sure all of them put together because mm-hmm. then no everyone problem. would just say oh the I rock's totally my understand. favorite and i was like yeah but the rock had terrible wrestling moves set and then people be like, what about Bret Hart? And I was like, Bret Hart had a great wrestling move set. Wasn't really the best promo guy and got hurt an awful lot. And it, longevity was hurt a little bit throughout his career. Mm-hmm. Although he did have the most important wrestling moment in history at the Montreal Screwjob. But number four on my list um, is a lot of people's favorite wrestler. And a lot of people would argue he should be number one. And I think the guy I have above him is going to definitely get a lot of people pissed. But number four for me... Ric Flair. Yeah, okay. I I have wrestlers above him. I I understand like uh, if you're talking about cultural impact, everybody knows who Ric Flair is. Oh, everybody but... does. Snoop. When Snoop Dogg says you're an honorary black man, 
Yeah. That carries a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 God, I would, I almost would have put, I that's a, a little biased of me, but I probably would have put fucking Undertaker or even potentially The Rock above him. You weren't but, a WCW guy growing no, up. No, I wasn't. You didn't watch a lot of old right, school wrestling. Right. You never watched Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. You want to talk about rich kid versus country boy, working man versus fucking privileged kid. Mm-hmm. That was it back in the day. Yeah. Ric Flair, you know, obviously, you know, airplane riding, limousine, you know, or airplane flying, limousine riding, son of a gun, you know, it's fucking right. Ric Flair, dude. One of the greatest promos of all time. Kiss woo. stealing, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing. Woo. How many people fucking do woo? Everybody How many people does. do woo in so many mm-hmm. different fucking things? Everyone knows mm-hmm. that. Just because of Ric Flair. Yeah. yeah. So his catchphrases, universal throughout all of time. All people love him. One of the greatest heels early on in his career. Always been a good job. Created the Four Horsemen. This man has been inducted twice into the WWE Hall of Fame. Once for himself, once for the Four Horsemen. It's to me. It's he's just stated as just moved to like wrestling talent wise. Great up there. Solid wrestler. Real good at selling. It's it's reason why it's called the fucking flare corner bump for a reason. You know the one where he, you you throw him as hard as you can in the fucking corner and he hits and he fucking stands there and flops to the ground. That's Ric mm-hmm. Flair. Everyone knows the Flair bump. It's great. Um, I think if we're counting his TNA ones as well, I think Rick has over like 20-something championships. So almost like a 50-year career. And to me, I believe it was WrestleMania 19 or 18. I don't remember quietly. It might have been WrestleMania 2000. I'd have to try and look through and remember. Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair for Ric Flair's retirement is one of the greatest emotional storytelling matches ever. And if you don't have that match as your top five, I don't know if I can consider you to be a wrestling fan or you're just trying to create controversy just because you can. At the end of the match, we'll sit down and watch this match because this is one of my favorite matches in history. To have Shawn Michaels getting the sweet chin music ready. You guys know what that is, the one where he steps on the ground and they get up and he kicks him in the fucking, kicks their head off in the next century. Yep. When he gets the suite, when he okay. gets the band tuned up, you know, steps on the thing, and Ric Flair's standing there staring at him, and Sean just looks and like, I can't do it, man. I can't end Ric Flair's career. And Rick just fucking yells at him, come on! And fucking Sean hits him, kicks him down, like just lays on him a little bit to fucking get the three count, and then whispers, I love you, into his ears, and then steps up and walk away so Rick can have his fucking moment of retirement and like everybody standing up and cheering. A lot of people are crying. It was an emotionally heavy match for everybody watching it. And to me, that is why I tell people, I was like, that's why if you, if you can't get into theater, you can't enjoy entertainment, you can't enjoy wrestling. Right. If you can't see the emotion behind that, that these two guys that like literally like loved each other as friends, mm-hmm. great human beings, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, then you, can't, you just can't get wrestling. It's just not there for you. And that's why Ric Flair is on that list for me for being one of the greatest performers. So many catchphrases, so universal. And as I said, when Snoop Dogg considers you to be an honorary black man, you kind of get the <laughs> the statement there. I fe- I, I don't right. think you guys That's... knew too much about Ric Flair. No, not really. I, if like I did. said, I, I've known, I, I know like the whatever, what everybody knows. Yeah. That's my life. I've watched That's a few. The woo, everyone knows the woo off too. Like that. woo, yeah. woo, 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 <laughs> That's, woo, woo. That's my line. That's gimmick infringement, and you know it. 
No, yeah, I love it. I love it. You know what? You're you're right. I, it's one of those people I didn't know, but I would definitely say he deserves where he's you know a, a high tier yeah spot. We'll sit down. We'll watch the Shawn Michaels versus yeah, we'll have to watch HBK that match. It'll fucking rip your it'll rip you apart. And then we'll watch the Taker versus Shawn Michaels match where Shawn Michaels retired, and it'll also rip you apart. Yep. It's good, strong, heavy emotional matches. All right. Close, or I guess no closing statements for everybody. We already, I'm the only one that really knows about career Ric Flair's career retrospective. So we're going to move on to number three. God, I didn't want to put him here. I, in all honesty, in all honesty, I fucking hate this guy, but I can't deny what he's done for wrestling, and that's Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah. Mm. I think a lot of people are in that same boat. He's a he's kind of a POS human being. Yep. Sure. But he's held, but title longevity longevity and wrestling in general he's got it and in all honesty you can't have wrestlemania without hulk hogan right um obviously the most the arguably the most iconic moment in all of wrestling is him slamming andre the giant at what wrestlemania casey wrestlemania two three three Three. wrestlemania three wrestlemania one was uh cowboy Bob Orton, Randy Orton's dad, who is hepatitis C. That's one of the taker stories I should have mentioned, but we're not getting into it. And Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful, versus Hogan and uh, Mr. T. And I believe there was someone else there I'm trying to remember. Cowboy Bob, Paul Orndorff. Oh, and Roddy Piper was there too. Roddy, Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper was on the bad guy's corner. That was great. I believe Bob Euchre was at either WrestleMania 1 or 3. I can't remember. He was at one of them. I believe it is WrestleMania 3 because I hear that one brought up a lot. One where he fucking yeah. Andre chokes him. Yeah. Great moment. Um, So as with Hulk Hogan having great rivalries over the years and mm-hmm. like putting wrestling, just the rock and wrestling connection, putting it up there to show that it's one of the greatest, you know, WrestleMania to be successful, which shouldn't have been. If you think about it, it shouldn't have been as successful as it was. It was the first to be as it as it was. And to have Hulk Hogan be the star throughout all of early 80s wrestling mm-hmm. to the height of it is great. And to have Hulk Hogan come into WCW in the 90s, once his and he knew when his gimmick got stale as being the Hulkster. Mm-hmm. And that's when he became Hollywood Hulk Hogan and, join, and formed the MWO and literally that fucking blew the lid off of all of wrestling and in all honesty culture yeah it's the reason why people fucking do this and outside the wrestling community it's a little fucking misunderstood but it's the click fucking Mm -hmm. tapping like that you know nwo is huge culture there's still nwo shirts flying around oh yeah and it's to me is the why hulk hogan deserves to be up there He's had great rivalries over the years. He's fought some of the greatest wrestlers. He's even fought The Rock in actually a really good match. In the middle of the match, Hulk Hogan goes from heel to babyface, and it's kind of weird that like the crowd <laughs> was so split. It was called Icon versus Icon, Rock versus Hulk Hogan, and it was so weird to see the crowd like on both people's side for a bit. Hmm. It was crazy, and it was awesome, and I loved watching it. Uh, anyone got any? You guys know anything about Hulk Hogan? Uh, just the uh, Andre I, the Giant match, um, and then obviously how culturally significant he is in NWO. Um, I remember that there's a there was a game that I had for GameCube. It was like an '80s rest like 
it was a new wrestling game, but it had a whole bunch of like '80s wrestlers, and he was on the cover of it. I remember playing that one a lot. It was him Legends of Wrestling. I think that was the one. Yeah, I believe is what that was. Evan, you got anything to add about the Hulkster? Uh, yeah, I know he had a reality TV series. That <laughs> Hogan I got knows best. Of. I have is memories that... of some of it, but not enough to recall any specific episodes. Both of his, which sucks because <laughs> I... his wife is batshit crazy and his kids kind of became fuck brains, but I don't think he was that bad of a guy. I don't know. Then again, once again, I don't know a guy personally. It was a fucking TV show. Right. right I was yeah, on about the same time. Yeah. sketchy. All right. Time to move into the top two now, Casey. Yep. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get booze from these guys in this one, and I know it. My number two, fuck, Stone Cold Steve Austin. What are you talking about, booze? That's hell yeah. Well, it's because Stone Cold's not number one. Stone Cold's number two. Who the number one's gonna be then? Uh, I'm trying to think of who who in my mind. He deserves one of the top two slots. Yeah, no, I I mean, yeah, obviously he's he's for sure top five, you know, all time wrestling. Mount Rushmore for sure, um, yeah. All time wrestling Mount Rushmore, I would love that. Yeah, he he's yeah, Stone Cold's fucking amazing. I actually, I have it. It's on my watch list along with that other uh, documentary that you sent me, the um, Bastards of Baseball. Better Bastards, Better Bastards of Baseball. Baseball. Um, they did A and E did the documentary on Stone Cold, and I got to watch that too. There's I a got them both. I I literally have them both saved. I'm probably gonna watch them this weekend. WWE, so. if you can get on your Peacock. <laughs> God, it just sounded so fucking gay when I just said that. <laughs> oh, fuck it. We can get on your get peacock. On your, get on your if peacock. If we can ride the peacock. Yeah. Um, we can ride the cock a little bit. I'm fine with that. I'm a peacock. Let me fly. Um, Let me fly. They, WWE did a really good job of covering the Monday Night Wars, and they actually did a fair job of bringing in Eric Bischoff to defend himself and WCW, because most of the time people, when they talk about WWE versus WCW, they just go... Oh, they were dumb and just overpaid a bunch of people and lost a bunch of money. But then they don't talk about how Ted Turner says, yeah, I was losing like $5 million in WCW a year. He's like, I was losing three times that with the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it was the funny thing is everyone they talk about, they sold. So they sold WCW for pennies on the dollars because this is when Time Warner and AOL were going to have a merger. Mm-hmm. Here's a little interesting tidbit. Time Warner and AOL, when they did their merger... They said, broadband is stupid. It's not going to last. It's just a fad. We're going to stick with dial-up, baby. What, and that lost them. And some, and that, that literally lost them some of the, like, I think it's one of the worst mergers of all time because of that. And it's like one of the worst financial cl- yeah, say, collapses when you count they, inflation. Yeah, didn't they calculate it out? And it's like, not, not just like you know, hundreds of millions or billions. It's trillions of dollars that they yep. With inflation and everything yeah. else. Yeah, I, I yeah. it's the reason why no one uses AOL anymore. Yeah. Oof. Definitely. So all right, uh, but that's taken away from me talking about Steve Austin. Uh longevity has it there for the most part. Um obviously when he was every, no one remembers Stone Cold before he was Stone Cold. Right. Do you remember Stone Cold's original draw? Uh no. But I know they was talk it, about it, it on the documentary, right. but I haven't. Here's a little history for you guys. We're going back in time. Mm-hmm. He used to be known as Stunning Steve Austin. He was with the tag team with the Hollywood Blondes. And he was him and Brian Pillman, also known as Flying Brian Pillman. Also known as Brian 9mm. Didn't he have uh, hair, too? Yeah, he did. He was blonde hair. Yep. Nice sweat back there. And uh, so he went out with that. And WCW, 
had him on there a little bit, and he was like, he was a good, he's a solid wrestler. I put him ten times better wrestler than The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, but didn't really work out in WCW. Jumps over to ECW, and everyone always says, "Oh, he was, oh, dude, he was great with ECW. He just cut promos in ECW. Never even did a match." <laughs> yeah, that's all he did. He came on to ECW, cut some promos, and then they brought him over to WWE. It's a transitional period, and um, that's when he started doing his crazy vignette. And people show that he could talk a lot. Mm-hmm. They bring him out. Um, I think they had him with the big fucking guy that always wore the big Texan hat that had Stone Cold come out with. Interesting fact, Stone Cold Steve Austin, or Steve Austin is his name now, but it wasn't originally. His real original name was Steve Williams, but he couldn't go with that because they already had Steve Williams, a.k.a. Dr. Death, which is Uh, actually kind of a cool fucking name, and I wish a villain, like in in a comic book, would take that dude. Dr. Death, that's That's fucking great. Dr. Death is pretty fucking rad. God, I can't remember fucking his name was like I don't know fucking Colonel Sanders knockoff or something like that. He was a big Texas fucking yeah. pretend to be oil baron dressed like fucking Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you right here now, that I'll tell you, <laughs> student athletes and stuff like that, like right. that fucking guy, like your typical like fucking guy mm-hmm. who still thinks the Confederate nations is still fucking flying around. Mm-hmm. Um, comes over, fights Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake was doing a thing at the time where he was a heavy religious guy and would always quote Psalms and whatnot. So then, you know, obviously, you got your Psalms, you got your John 316. Well, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Boom, yeah. you know. One of the most iconic phrases in all of wrestling. Yeah. Stump a mud hole in your ass, walk it dry. You fucking kick you in the solar plexus, drop you on that stack of dimes you call a neck. My favorite insult against any human being. Yes. Because it's classic. I, I do love really that one a lot. Yep, and the only knocks I have against Stone Cold, as I said, for my wrestler number one, is the only reason why I think he beats him is, with a lot of these wrestlers on here, minus maybe two of them, they've never had the ability to stay as important and prevalent as my number one guy has. And Austin was huge in the Attitude Era. Some would argue would he put the most ass in the seats of all time. Right. One of the greatest selling points of all WWE but he couldn't break out in WCW. Yeah. And yeah. his short and his wrestling career was a little shortened compared to the other guys because of his neck. Yeah. Uh, which was an uh a wrong bump he took from Owen Hart. Yeah. A little interesting tidbit. And it's fused, like he can't turn or anything yeah. like that, if I remember correctly. His neck's a little fucked up. Yeah. You ever get a chance, his podcast, he does a couple of recaps it's... he does with The Rock, and they're pretty like he fucking he's like how he just talks about what he does in the matches is fucking great yeah his um his podcast is awesome his show is actually really cool which is like where they he like travels around the country and just does random shit with different famous people hell um, yeah the one where he Dude, drives he drives he drives the tank with rob riggle because rob riggle used to be a u.s marine so they talk about his time in the service and what he learned there and then they fucking just hop in a tank and it's fucking <laughs> great i love it and he's he's such a he I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody like listening to interviews and stuff like that that's able to carry on a conversation the way that he is. He oh, is, he's great. He him and Stone so Cold, good. or him and Brock Lesnar together are fucking great. Like, yeah. I've never heard Brock Lesnar talk as much as he does when he's with fucking Stone Cold. Yeah, I, I think Stone Cold's the only one that can get him to talk. I swear. Maybe if Kurt Hennig was still alive. Maybe. Because him and, apparently, from Lesnar and Kurt Hennig fucking loved each other. They were really good friends, from what mm-hmm. I've heard. Well, they had the Minnesota connection, so Min- it makes sense. Minnesota. The Minnesota connection. Lesnar's from Dakota. North. Yeah, but he, how long was he? He was in Minnesota at for the four U-M. years for college, and he and he hey, and he went to training camp for the Vikings. He did after he was done with the WWE, and, I think he, and he had and he kept. Uh, I believe Lesnar kept 
some residents in Minnesota as well. So uh, most of the part now, I think he's just he has like a big fucking land that he hunts on. Lesnar loves yeah. fucking hunting. Yeah. But uh, so Austin's up there. Yeah. One of the greatest personalities in wrestling, but the guy I got number <laughs> one for beating him. I think my dad would one hundred percent disagree my, with me. My my favorite, by the way, because we talked about how Casey. Undertaker was Evan's favorite. Stone Cold Steve Austin definitely my favorite. I love I love the beer gimmick. That's just, I just. Ever when I I can remember watching when I, when I was little, and I remember sitting at like my grandparents had like one of those like island things, and we were all sitting there, and me and my cousin going, "We want one beer, what two beers?" What? We we went through that whole thing and shot uh, of whiskey, what yeah. shot of Jack. What? I love that. Yeah, the the beer thing and then the what thing is I, I, when he I was love all of it. When he was a heel, one of my favorite ones is because they kept trying to do the what thing. They'd mm-hmm. be like. Come out here. What? He's like, oh, you think this is funny? You're still doing this. What? Say what if you kiss your sister? What? <laughs> and <I> fucking <laughs> Owen in the crowd like that was fucking great. Um, yeah. Also, apparently one of like the best personalities in the back of... By the way, all of these guys, except for Foley, Cena, Taker, and probably austin are like everyone else behind the scenes is kind of a fucking dick and played a lot of politics to get where they are in wrestling but hey that's that's the game baby yep so austin's up there evan you got any closing statements on the texas rattlesnake no i think it's it's exactly the move to make for what you would think a lot of wrestling fans would be is is taking that um kind of I fucking love beer. What? Because yeah, of fucking course. Like I said, I want to kind of like so I've, smart. Yeah, I spent way too much time talking on everybody else, but also like the cultural impact of Stone Cold. You know, everyone at the time right. was working nine to five jobs. I hate the authority counterculture. Yeah. Hey, what's mm-hmm. this guy? We got a fucking hardworking redneck coming in once a week, kicks his boss yep. in the balls, and drops him on a stack of diamond yeah. balls and neck, and smashes two yeah, beers together beer. and chugs them. Chugs them. It was the working man hero. Yeah. It was a time right when you needed he it was, too. Yeah, exactly. Like it perfectly hit too, and you'll never be able to replicate something like that ever mm-hmm. again. Because no. I like not to be that guy. The working class is gone. No, the nine to five sure. guys are gone. Everybody yeah. works in an office now. Everybody kisses everyone else's ass, and they're fine mm-hmm. with it. You don't. Sure. You don't have the working class hero. Yeah. No. I. I definitely. I definitely agree with like. Yeah. Stone Cold is definitely my number one for sure. Lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Um. I just wanted to get the whole fucking McMahon thing out there, but everyone always plays that to death. So everyone already knows Stone Cold versus fucking McMahon. No, that's it's, so. it's it's fun. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Uh. So my number. My dad would disagree. My dad wanted Flair to be number one, but he doesn't listen to this podcast. So fuck you. Um. My mom's listening to this. I love <laughs> yeah. you, mom, and I'm sorry I didn't put The Rock higher. Uh. Yeah. My The Rock's my mom's favorite wrestler. Sure. Sure. She also loves Macho Man Randy Savage. I'm also sorry I didn't put Ooh, Macho Man yeah. up there higher. But mom, this is Ooh, top ten list that I feel needs to be a little bit unbiased. My favorite wrestler is not even on the list. <laughs> but number one, all time greatest professional wrestler via to me statistics not really actually just because i think if i think it through he's he deserves me number one <laughs> hbk Shawn michaels without a shadow of a doubt wrestled right. early on in the 80s mm-hmm. with a man named marty Janetti, and they were known as the rockers and they were one of the best tag teams at the time mm-hmm. carried that through early in the 90s the classic uh barbers uh, uh brutus the brutus the barber beefcake um, had his little fucking vignette show. It was called The Barbershop. Betrayal of Marty Jannetty, one of the most important moments in wrestling. Shawn Michaels solidifies himself as a heel, has great matches against Bret Hart early on in his mm-hmm. career. 
establishes himself as one of the best wrestlers. In a time where it was a land of giants, he was a smaller guy that proved that he could be the best wrestler. Fought in the first ladder match in WWE, which was Shawn Michaels versus uh, Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. Had good rivalries there. Had kind of a shitty rivalry against Diesel, a.k.a. Kevin Nash. That kind of fucking sucked, and that was a little bit of low point of wrestling. So we're just going to skirt right on past that. Sure. And then, obviously, WCW hit. They needed counterculture, or they needed guys to fight that. The creation of Degeneration X with Triple H. Hell yeah. Um, right. To which, if you don't... the, the, the it's one of the reasons why it's up there. Dude, is the crotch chop. Yeah, the suck it sign, baby. It was the fuck the sign of our generation. Absolutely. The sign of Casey, Marcus, and Evan's generation was dude. someone you didn't like it? On the suck fucking it, dude. On the elementary school playground, we'd all just fucking sit there just Oh fuck yeah. Still do it. Football field everywhere you do. Backyard fucking football, anywhere you want to do it. Boom, dude. Fucking you beat someone on something, fucking hit him with the crotch chop. It was great. So DX gets it up there. Had retired for a few years because I believe his back was all fucked up. Had some surgeries, got that done. Also, he was pretty heavy into the fucking coke and shit like that, so he needed mm-hmm. to clear his out that. Found Jesus, came back. Huge rivalry against Triple H. Some of the greatest fucking wrestling you ever see is yeah. early 2000s. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H rivalry. I remember, I remember that, definitely. Went through, I already mentioned, Shawn versus uh, Flair for the retirement. One of the greatest emotional matches of all time. Mm-hmm. And as much as everyone wants to give Undertaker credit for the streak in WrestleMania... He never earned the title of Mr. WrestleMania. Only one man's ever earned that, and only one man will ever get to earn that, and that is Shawn Michaels. Because there's never been a time where a guy who's never had the top card and outclassed everyone in that fucking WrestleMania. Never had the main event. Some like he had main events, obviously, but mm-hmm. there'd the be times where some people wouldn't get the main where he wouldn't get the main event and he would outshine them. Mm-hmm. Taker versus Shawn in both matches, twenty five and twenty six outshined everything else i love professional wrestling i don't even remember 25 and 26 who was fucking the main event for that week or for those years even for Shawn michaels versus flair i remember i believe that was jericho versus triple h and it's just the only reason I kind of remember that is because i always like to bring that up to people i was like that wasn't even the main event that was the best match of the night the most emotionally driven but that still wasn't the main event. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, going, like I said, and then his match against Taker. So over a course of damn near 40 to 50 years, always up there, always putting up good matches. Yeah. Always just in the eye of everyone's attention. Mm-hmm. Greatest theme song in wrestling history. When I was a backyard wrestler, one time, what was it? It was WWW, Wild West, Wisconsin. Midwest Championship Western Wrestling, something like that. So it was like WWW, MCW, CWW, and we wanted to make the most long, confusing thing we fucking could. I love it. One time, one and only champion me, uh, I went by the name of the Red Bastard, and I... <laughs> it's because I had a little bit gingerish hair, and then I also came out in red shorts. Uh, it was a three stages of Wisconsin match, which was uh, trampoline, pinfall, or submission. I won. The <laughs> second match was a false count anywhere's match, and the third match was a pool match. The first guy to throw a guy in the pool. Uh, I'll let you know right now: a freshly coordinated pool when your back is lacerated, all the shit from steel chairs and fucking hockey sticks, oh. is not fun to go in. <laughs> but I won. Uh. I still have that belt somewhere hanging around. It's like oh spray painted green and crazy. You need I'll to have bring to find that. It. That belt needs to be in this studio. You need to bring it here. That I'll find it be, somewhere. That needs to be hung up here for sure. 
I think it's It'll somewhere in my fun. parents' house. It's one of my prized possessions. I love it. The one That's and only amazing. championship. Yep. And your theme song was... Uh... It was fucking Sexy Boy. Nice. HBK. Nice. 100%. Shawn Michaels has always been one of my favorites. Yeah. I've always I've always enjoyed watching him. I always love HBK. Not my favorite wrestler, though, but always one of my favorites. Sure. Um. Yeah, closing statements on HBK for you guys so we can jump over to Bocce Ball or whatever the hell Evan's gone and fucking... Uh, no basket closing statements on that, <laughs> but right. um, I was wondering uh, who who just missed the cut, like who are some honorable mentions. <sighs> just give me, give me, give me it, five it honorable mentions. You don't need to, we don't need to say like a ton on them, but I just, I'm because I, I have a couple that in my head I'm like, oh, I'm surprised that they didn't. Who do you got? Well, number one is Triple H. Yeah, Triple H definitely deserves to be on. Uh, like you could argue he could be on this list. Right. It was just hard. That's tough. For no, me. it one hundred percent. It's tough. And then the other one would be Randy Orton. I can't have Randy Orton on the list. Really? He wasn't really all that prevalent. He's only been prevalent for the years he fought Cena, and then he's not prevalent now. He's not a main title draw. And when he first got on the scene in the early 2000s, he was with Evolution. And even then, Batista and Flair broke out more than Randy did. Ed, what about you? You got any guys that didn't make the list that you want? No, not particularly. Um, anybody that I really co- kept track of or saw enough of to, to remember are, are either on the list or were mentioned. Yeah. Evan's a huge fan of fucking luchadors. So, just... like, La Parca, fucking Ultimo Dragon and shit like that is going to be on Evan's list. Yeah. Evan's list is going to be nothing I mean, I guess the only one I could, right. I could think of would right, maybe right, right. be Rey Mysterio, but he doesn't quite fit the longevity for Ray sure. Could, Ray could be on there. Um but I mean, just to me, yeah. there's like just Luchador's a long, more of an acrobatic style. A long list too. of guys deserve to be on. Like I love yeah. Ray as much as the next guy does. I love Luchadors. Yeah. But Kurt Angle. Yeah. Boom. Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Chris Jericho. Sure. Triple H. Bret Hart didn't make the list as much as I wanted him to. Andre the Giant fucking deserves to be on there. Sure. And then we have guys that have made it in smaller promotions that still prove that they're great. Guys like Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, have proved that they're great mm-hmm. in what they can do. Eddie Guerrero. Well, I mean. Oh sure. But there's yeah. little things you gotta cut. You know, when you have a limited list, yeah, you're always gonna have to take out. There's always people who you... probably deserve to go on, but for some small, not necessarily, you know, not damaging them in any way criteria, they just don't mm. make it. I had to. I wanted because I didn't want to do this list in my favorite wrestlers. Sure. Because then right. Daniel Bryan would have been number one. Daniel Bryan's yeah. always been my favorite wrestler. I watched him when he was in Ring of Honor, when he was mm-hmm. the American Dragon, yeah. and Daniel and Brian Danielson. I love him. Um, He's great. Who uh, so who in like in today's quote unquote superstars? I know that wrestling's definitely not the same today as it was during the Attitude Era and during the '90s and the '80s. Who on like the current roster has potential? Like if they keep going at their current pace to get there, that's think guys like AJ Styles or a Roman Reigns. AJ's getting like close that? to forty, and Roman can't get the crowd behind him. Yeah. With Paul Heyman, he can a little bit, but just Roman can't get the crowd behind him. Because the smart marks don't like him because they missed their opportunity to have him fly out. And it's because they constantly, it's what hurt him so much with Roman Reigns. I think he's a good wrestler. He's solid. Mm -hmm. He's fine. I think he has a good look to him too. He's not the best with cutting promos. He says ass and bitch a lot. So it's like kind of like to kids, it sounds kind of cool. Sure. But he like it feels like it's forced and contrived. Like they're forced, like they're writing his promos for him as opposed to just letting him speak his mind, Mm -hmm. which always holds wrestlers back. When we play our little Star Wars RPG game, I took what I've always been told about pro wrestling into that. What you do when you make a character, you take yourself 
and you crank that some bitch up to 11 to yeah. the max and that's how i've always thought like and that's why i don't feel roman reigns is that okay aj styles is fine aj styles is old and it's just one of those as i tell people is wwe's problem now is they're focused too much on getting good really good high flying and like real movable wrestling out as opposed to creating good and interesting stories yeah right booker t and um booker t is also another guy that could have made it on the list yeah. too you know what as much as i don't want to give it to him scott steiner also could have i love big papa pump yeah. he's the craziest bastard in pro wrestling but booker t versus stone cold steve austin was two idiots fighting in a fucking grocery store and they hit that's each other with milk the, and flour that's one of the funniest <laughs> videos in existence but that's it's memorable. one of my favorites i love that so much How many um, pe- and like Austin sneaking in the hospital to hit fucking McMahon with a bedpan like three times and punching his fucking broken leg. Like that's like you guys are laughing because that's entertaining. That's oh great. God, that we remember so that. Wasn't he dressed is as a not... nurse too? Like he was like hiding, like turned around and then he like turns around. And... Oh my fucking yeah, it was God, great. I the reveal so much. <laughs> it's me, Austin. Oh, it was God. me all along. And that's but like I said, I it's it. that's what. The reason why we like Attitude Era, like that's, I don't want to tell people, is a lot of people like Attitude Era just because it was just super contrived '90s shit. You know, it was, God, as much as I want to say, like I don't want to be that guy. Ah, oh, the women's wrestling, but the women's wrestling fucking sucked in the '90s. You had Lita and Trish Stratus, mm-hmm. and they're fine wrestlers, but it was the fact that like Trish Stratus had to dye her hair blondes and get fucking tit implants. And tried to make her look all voluptuous. And Lita just came out and basically jeans of fishnets, which I mean, I'm a fan of fishnets, no problem here, you know what I mean? <laughs> and fucking wore her fucking panties so high up her crack that she had a whale tail constantly all the time. And to me, you see know what I mean? Like the women's wrestling was shit. Yeah. Everybody was roided to the fucking eyeballs. And uh, like all, like you still had great wrestling on the cards, but. None of like the really great wrestlers ever made it that far because, yeah, you're good at wrestling. But the whole point of it is, is this is theater. Mm-hmm. You can keep people yep. captivated in the ring, but you can't fucking get them to tune into the TV show. Right. Yep. Yep. And yep. so that's WWE's current problem is they don't have enough. And the people, it's because it's PG. I'm like, no one gives a fuck. It's PG. 80s wrestling was PG. You just don't. You need to go back to being cartoony, and it's a little bit there. I think Bray Wyatt is a guy that can do that with his House of Firefly shit. I was watching. I was like, this is actually kind of interesting. It's like weird and goofy. Um, you guys don't know it, but people in the wrestling community do. I'm gonna try and finish this up here quick so we can actually get to Evan's fucking segment, and not just it's not my show. Um, it is your show. You're the host. I am the host. We've already yes. we've established this twice. Fifty percent of the show. But um, there was one they had Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy on TNA. And it was the one where they sh- shot it at Matt Hardy's house and shit like that. And it's the one where he was broken, Matt Hardy. He fu- And it, like Matt Hardy was crazy. And he had like drones and a boat he would talk to. And the drones were called Vanguard 1 and Vanguard 2. And his boat was called Skarsgar. <laughs> and there's a part where Matt Hardy, I shit you not, gets like a fucking firework launcher of like 100 fireworks. <laughs> And he's shooting up at Matt Hardy. And Matt Hardy runs and goes, a dilapidated boat, and he hides behind it. We have to watch it because it's crazy. But it was I was sitting there and I was like, this is one of the greatest fucking things I've ever seen in my I like I laughed. I was having like it's one of those things to be like, oh, you shouldn't be laughing at this. I was like, why not? It's entertainment. It like if you're laughing because like your storyline is someone's dying and they're trying to get over an emotional thing, then you're doing it wrong. 
But if I'm just sitting here watching these two goofballs wrestle and like laughing, having a great time, it's fucking great. It's one of my favorite things ever. Broken Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy is great. It's fucking great. <laughs> we'll have to sit down and watch that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's what wrestling, I think, WWE needs to do is they need to like let guys like Bray Wyatt just go. Do your thing, man. Do whatever you like. Do what you can. Mm-hmm. B, if you want to be crazy Bray Wyatt and like this whole like fucking, I have like a kid's show that's like nightmare fuel. Like what's that fucking weird thing with the fucking puppet guys? Evan knows what I'm talking about. It's like nightmare fuel. Oh. Yeah. Which one with the puppet guys? There's a lot. Like, there's like that. Like his his show is kind of like that, where it's like this weird like nightmare fuel. And I was like, that's awesome. That's so cool. It's unique. No one's done that in wrestling. Fucking go with that. Mm-hmm. And also, they need to change up guys' names. Stop having everyone come out as like Dirk Braxton versus Tyler Core. And it's like it's the fucking everybody. Like everybody's name in wrestling has that. Mm-hmm. Casey, like of all the new like. Out of all the new wrestlers here, like off the people on my list, there was what maybe three of them that actually went by a real name, like when they wrestled. John Cena, God, not even Stone Cold. He was because no one calls him Steve Austin. Everyone calls him Stone Cold. Right. Uh, so he had that's Flair, true. Cena, and that's it. Actually, that's the only two. Shawn uh, Michaels, Michaels, but yeah. everyone calls him H- Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. HBK. So he still had a nickname to it. Right. None of these wrestlers have that now. Yeah. No one, like, everyone has, like, this fucking, dumb, like, Dolph Ziggler. I love Dolph Ziggler. He's a great wrestler, and it was fun to watch him. But, mm-hmm. like, dude, you're, you're just, you're discount Shawn Michaels. I love you, but you're discount Shawn Michaels. I love, I, I do like him, and uh, it's him and uh, The Miz that are working they together do pretty right good. now. That's, they, I, they do that's why I like The Miz. Right the Miz is good. Because, the Miz is great. Because his name is just The Miz. Yeah, The Miz is great. I yeah, like I like The Miz, but I, I wish he would... Uh... From what little I've watched of him, he doesn't have a great winning streak. No, 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 he doesn't do very Which well. Which is unfortunate, ring, but he can cut like a, a promo like a son of a bitch. Uh, Evan, you would love. You should look up his wife. Her name is Marie. She's French Canadian, and she's a bombshell. She'd be right up your alley. The reality show right is actually alley. like I hate reality. Ms. and Marie. Yeah, Ms. and Mrs. Love it. Yeah. It's actually really like very entertaining. I've I've watched. I like binged most of the like one of those seasons i think there's like what three seasons out right now and another and one's just starting i binged like the first season one day when i was bored yeah, it's not bad something to watch i was like you know what i'll give the man credit he's he's entertaining i will i'll eventually i'll do a top 10 female wrestlers because uh during my lull in wrestling i did watch like stardom japanese wrestling which is all female wrestling all fantastic uh i've gotten a lot more into women's wrestling i think it's that gets pretty good um just because it's like it's kind of funny because like you'll get the heavier set not to be that guy you get the heavier set girls they're the powerhouses and it's kind of cool to see like they can just fucking shit whip the other women and it's like you don't see that anymore in wrestling well, yeah why not why not if, you know, if you're gonna have women's wrestling they should wrestle oh yeah you know? no they should 100%. be that grand instead they shouldn't sure women and they look good or whatever but I mean, the guys are running around in their in their little leather. Stop saying leather too. undies! I fucking I hate so much undies. when you say that. They're trunks. In wrestling for real, why can't the women do the same thing? Sure, um, they can wear the leather undies, but wrestle, damn it! And it don't oh, don't worry, because when we get into that segment, I'm gonna get talking about how much I hate that they use women's revolution in WWE so much, because it'll be like, oh, I got a fucking history lesson and a fucking war to declare on you with this bullshit, but. <laughs> That's it. We're done. HBK is number one. You don't like it? Go fight HBK. There you go. Thank you. Bravo. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that 
I I don't have too many qualms with that. Like I said, there's a couple that I thought that um probably could have been on there. Like you said, like you said, Kurt Angle, Triple H, um, those guys. Oh yeah, Jericho, maybe. Jericho, Jericho. You, you could probably find you could probably find too. a spot for him there. But then like once you get to that point where you're talking about those top guys, like Bret you Hart. can make a case for each of them to be in whichever spot you put them in there too. So I I got I got no qualms against the list at all. Yeah, I mean everything you said was really thought out, so you mm-hmm. couldn't really argue. You know, they definitely deserve their slots, and other people might have also deserve slots. But what are you gonna do? Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle, <laughs> little leprechaun. All right, I've taken way too much time on this. Uh, I could talk about pro wrestling all day, but this isn't a pro wrestling podcast. This isn't even a sports entertainment podcast. It's a sports podcast, but this is a sports podcast. Let's get to Evans fucking Kramaga <laughs> fucking. Kramaga baseball, but they use cricket bats. But the whole point is they try and bash each other's skull. And would. so, play the intro. Play the intro. <laughs> you... Yeah, hold on, I gotta find it. Play the do 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 bum bum. This fucker. I know he he's not playing it on purpose because I called for the intro. <laughs> it's occasionally coherence. Weird world of sports. With your host, Evan. Well, go on, do his fucking introduction. Uh, <laughs> here's Evan. <laughs> I'm back. Who would have thought? For the. What the fuck episode are we on? 32. 32nd consecutive 30, 34. week. 34. Appear 34th consecutive as a guest on the show. I'm here. Actually, and Evan, boys, I'm sorry. I am going to talk. We're on episode uh, 26. You know what? <laughs> you told me wrong numbers two times in a row. You don't even hey. know. You run the dang thing. Oh, you got a problem you with that? Know. You know what you're going to have a problem with? The producer made homemade cookies for me. Uh, the producer apologized to me because the producer thought I was going to be there too. <laughs> And that's why oh, it's so sad. Hey, but at least here. you got your introduction, though, buddy. I did get my introduction. You know what? It's worth it's worth all the cookies that the producer could ever make. Because you know what? I, Dude, go on. Say she puts too much salt in her cookies. I don't want her stupid. They're probably burnt. <laughs> no, never. She makes perfect cookies. Damn it. Damn it. All right, Evan, what do you got for us in store today? We have spent a couple of weeks... <laughs> In Asiatic uh, countries, Southern Asia, uh, India. Evan, please don't say luchador wrestling. <laughs> hmm? Don't say luchador wrestling. What? No. <laughs> no. We very nearly this week took a turn up into a, a, a cold, brisk climate. Um, but on my uh, learning about that sport, I immediately took a left turn down to Ireland, boys. We're going to fucking, we're hurling hurling we're hurling it's hurling. an irish sport Wait. it's like cricket or not cricket it's like uh what's the up. one with the little with the ball and the little net on the stick lacrosse it's like lacrosse but the lacrosse stick is a fucking axe and it's made of wood and you smack a ball around you know yeah. what the man has described it's, it perfectly i let it's me see fucking intense let me take a look at this <laughs> hang on i gotta look here i gotta come across the studio here That's a big studio here. Oh my god, it is. It's like a fucking axe handle, dude. It's a, it's, it's, oh it's, it's, it's modeled after an axe. 
spawn waiting for the man to cross back over the yeah our, our the large the our large, studio. Our large studio that doesn't have an echo by the way you're welcome it doesn't interesting enough that's called prop comedy people <laughs> <laughs> fuck you character prop being so, the whole fucking studio what is the so what do you fucking do is it like lacrosse it's, is it's it like lacrosse. a net it's lacrosse but but it's not lacrosse. I think lacrosse might have been modeled after this because this thing's like three thousand years old. Jesus. Um, it well, that is... lacrosse is made by the Native Americans. Well, yeah, I guess you know different different uh, different islands. You know, one's the big old island America. One's the smaller island uh, Ireland. Anyway, uh, I thought this sport looked looked freaking rad. I mean, the way the way that they're playing and and how it works, I thought was just really cool. Um. So you got your hurley, which is your stick, mm-hmm. and the slider, which is the ball. Uh, and the All goal right. is to get that motherfucker into the net, or it's kind of like a goalpost thing, too. You can either hit over the net in between the the left and the right posts for a single point, three points if you get it in the net. Uh, and it's just, oh, my God, it's, it's cool, because, like, watching some of these guys play it, um, you can't. Uh, touch the ball with your hands if it's on the ground. So you gotta either kick it or get it up off the ground with your hurley huh. in some way to ha- to begin handling the ball. You can't touch it with your hands. Uh, you also can't if you've got it in hand. You can't throw it. And it's kind of like got basketball rules with this. You can only take a certain number. You can think four steps before you have to do something with it. You can bounce it onto your stick and back into your hand. You can whack it to somebody. Um, you can do a pass, which is you have to you have to open a hand, like, toss it up in your hand a little, and then palm it to pass it to somebody. You have to basically smack it. You can't throw it. Hmm. Um, this is fucking... All sorts of rules like that. It's all about, like, mobility, right? All the rules, yeah. like, center around. Mm-hmm. You can't just... You have to use the bat, the, the hurley, somehow. Uh, and watch some of these guys, like, walk and, like, like freaking bounce it as they're sprinting down the fucking field with other dudes big ass dudes sprinting at them and or like balancing it like a freaking egg on a spoon as they're just running full bore down the field is so cool actually it was actually really impressive so is there like a net on this thing or is it just flat it's a net or no no it's flat that's the thing yeah it's it's, just a freaking it's just a little it's almost like a hockey stick but how the fuck you take four steps with this thing balance apparently yeah, I've watched. I've been watching these these games, and the guys will sprint down the field because you, you you can only take four steps if it's in your hand. You can't hold it for more than four steps. So they'll huck it and bounce it off their stick back into their hand. You can only do that up to two times. I've seen them bounce it off the ground. Um, they, you know they'll kind of like they'll golf hit it to get it down the field, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and sometimes they'll just hold it on the stick and fucking book it downfield. It's crazy. Casey, how much does it cost to get a hurley, a couple hurling a hurl? sticks? A hurley? A hurley would probably be pretty expensive, but that's Hurley and then cool. one of the balls. I really want one. We want, I want to try and play as many of these games as we can. I want a hurley bad, but Ever since I can't you, imagine we can get them cheap. What was it called, Evan, from last week? Kabaddi? Yep. I want to try out Kabaddi, and I want to try this out really badly. If it's like lacrosse, dibs on Evan being my yep. fucking goalie, by the way. I they have goalies in this game? Um, yeah, you 100% okay. have goalies. Do they wear, like, any extra padding for the goalies? Because these guys are going to shit with these fucking things at you. Uh, looks like we can get um, 12 ball 
balls for You're muted, by the way, Casey. I don't... I don't 100%. I don't remember. Balls um, it didn't look bucks. like the goalies had much more than the regular players did. Jesus. You definitely... Evan, we're going to get you a cup then. Because if yeah. I'm going against um, you, I'm going to fire Metro testicles Marcus, every single what, time. Actually, uh, interesting rule that I, I wrote towards the end of this thing here, though, just so you know. Um, you're, I think you'd love the sport because you know what? Hmm. You can't tie. If you tie, they have to play the game over again. You know what? I bag on you the Irish, but God damn it, that's the greatest thing I've ever you heard. You tie... You tie, and they say, fuck no, you got to play again. It's going to cost Do you it all over. Uh, $65 for a hurling stick. That's 65 bucks for a... We'll just get fucked. We'll just buy old fuck. We'll steal a bunch of paddles from the yeah. fucking Boy Scout camp from downtown and just cut those off. Reuse those bastards. <laughs> oh, fuck that. I want one. I want one. If ever... Okay, everyone has to buy their own stick then. This <laughs> yeah, studio I'm, I'm will afford no, no, the Kabaddi. And... The Kabaddi we'll style. Actually, Kabaddi's just tag, isn't it? Yeah, Kabaddi's just tag. You don't need jack, jack shit for it. We'll, for it. we'll play for Kabaddi, and we'll pay for the fucking Kumate <laughs> ball and the net, and then just Kumate get a badminton net. What? Kumate. <laughs> I, love, I love what you remember about these sports markets. Sepak Takra? Sepak Takra, Kumate. Um. <laughs> get some fucking Hakuna Matata balls up in here. And I want to try. God, this game looks fucking rad, dude. God, Evan always yeah, one up cool. on himself every episode. Cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's eventually really he's going to be able to run out of cool sports. Someday I'm, I might. But this one's um, just as cool as fucking Kabaddi. I uh, I almost went with a different one. Uh, I was researching, like I said, and as I was researching it, I saw this one and I went, "That's that's way better. This one's stupid." <laughs> In comparison, um. Yeah, I mean, it's first one I've seen so far that was, um, like a like a a, a bat type sport where you have an instrument of some kind, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say bat, but like I just don't know what to call it, you know. I would I would put golf and anything where you have to use something to hit something else. Yeah, like I think your assessment uh, of calling it lacrosse is very fair, but like brutal. It's very lacrosse esque. Looks yeah, like and it shares thing. a lot of the same rules. They uh, so what I'm reading on this Evan is that apparently like it's like not like a rule, but like one of I guess like the unwritten rules or one of the expectable things is you can't have your name on the back of the jersey, mm-hmm. and numbers are assigned to positions not based on what you picked. It's supposed to be like from what I'm reading, it's supposed to be like a really humble fucking sport. Like you're supposed to take a lot oh, of yeah. humility. Oh yeah, dude, with it. listening to the people talk about the the, the commentators. It seems like a sport with so much effing respect for itself. Evan, you didn't have to and say it. You could have swore, Evan. I swore all the time. I I can't. I can't. It was so... Effing. <laughs> respect. God. Gosh. Diddly darn. Wholesome, man. Listen to them talk. They were talking about the game. I watched a clip from apparently the 2014 championship was a, a really good game, according to people who are super tuned into this. And... The announcer is just talking about both these teams were so good. Neither of them deserved to go home empty-handed, but look at the entertainment they gave us today. This was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. God, that's good. Instead of, like, praising players or, like, talking about how someone failed or this and that other thing, just talking about how great everything was. It's like, ah, God, how brutal the sport is. Fucking cool. I love that. I love this. You know what? This is a great one, Evan. Uh, it's gonna cost us a bit of money to try and play this, but I think we'll we'll, we'll come through. We'll get it. Sixty-five we'll, uh, bucks a we'll stick is the worst. That's about a hockey we'll do, stick, I think. We'll do a. 
do some uh, car washes. Oh, I like that. A couple, two, three right, car well, washes. I'll have to, I'll have to break out my bikini, no but... Everyone wants to see you know me and Casey's hairy fucking bony well, asses Jesus out there on their cars. Well, and now, of course, I'm going to be the one counting the money and telling you guys to get to work. Yeah. No, you'll, you'll be the one with the with the large truck and just telling me that that's it, boy. <laughs> get in there nice pick and it, deep. Pick it out his belly button. Yeah, my belly boy, button. get in there Dodge nice and deep like. <laughs> I fucking love Dodgeball. It's great. It's a great movie. Um, okay, yeah, so to, how to big how big's like the court, Evan? Cut things short. What was that? How big's the court? Uh, it's 140. The biggest, there seems to be a little bit of possibility for variation, um, but the big side is 145 meters by 85 meters. Jesus, that's a lot of fucking running time. I got the advantage. Pretty big. I got the advantage. Well, the biggest thing is you can... Go ahead. You get to whack that sucker, you know? <laughs> the ball's moving a lot, and you got a big stick to keep it moving. So it's soccer where, when it comes so, to, like, endurance of, like, you have to constantly keep fucking just moving and moving and moving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's and like I don't lacrosse. imagine those things are, are light by the looks of them. Those no, I imagine they weigh heavy. It's a, It looks like a fucking man slash and like fucking a woman sport. You know what I mean? Like it ain't fucking for boys and girls. It's for fucking men and women. Yeah, no, this is a serious people. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, Something else I was reading about it too. I guess there's not. I didn't look as much into this as I should have, um, but I guess. It's an amateur sport, as even though they've got arenas in Ireland and things for it. Like, it's not like a professional paid sport. There's a level, some sort of compensation for victories and things like that, but there's not like you don't sign to a team and play and all that sort of stuff too. So a lot of the team people are playing not technically for money, like an Olympian sort of. No, they're just playing for fun. Oh my God, that's they're, so beautiful. They're playing because they want to play the game. and they. That's the other thing about it. You don't God. play it if you don't want to play in... I'm torn. I loved Kabaddi because, like, it looks so crazy and cool. But, like, then we also get this where it's just, like, not really underground, but, like... It's just a game of sportsmanship. It's just, like, it's for the love... Like, people literally just play for the love of the fucking game, and that's so rare to see and not even there. Like, athletes throw that out all the time, you know, for the love of the game and stuff. I was like, yeah, but that, like, $8 million contract doesn't hurt either now, does it? Right. Yeah, your millions of dollars you're signed to for the next five years. Yeah. And again, not to say they don't. People Pat, don't. No, but Pat Mahomes loves football. If you know what else he loves? Half a billion dollar contract. That don't hurt either. Sure. Do. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, holy shit. Makes it a lot easier to go into work. The next I'm day. also reading, Evan, that the male and female versions have different names, but they're like the exact same sport. Yeah, as far as I could tell, it was it was the same game. Just That was probably because of something about Gaelic, maybe. Maybe it... it has like different uh, uh um what do you call it like with spanish and some other languages where male and female words are slightly different yeah apparently so evolve maybe that way it's an old game so it was the uh demonstration sport for like the 1904 olympics like every once in a while i don't know if they still do it now but the olympics used to have it where they'd bring in this sport that nobody really fucking knew about to show mm-hmm. people different things um like, I fucking... They've done Taekwondo and shit like that. Yep. They've had different martial... Like, a lot of martial arts will make it on there. Um, So, I I don't know if they still fucking do that shit. I, I'd have to take a look. It's hard to... Yeah, I mean... No, it's... they haven't done it since 1992. Where they did roller hockey, Taekwondo, and Basque Pelota. 
which I think is underwater basket weaving. <laughs> that's a real sport. <laughs> I swear to God, that's gonna fucking make it on there. The um. Oh, it's just racquetball. Yeah, the Olympics. The Olympics are kind of yeah. Pathetic. You can go ahead and say it. Yeah, I agree with I mean, you. At this, at this point, I just I don't know. I don't even. I used to think they're real interesting and I'd tune into them, but now it's like, I don't. I just don't care, man. Do you think that'd be something I should do, Casey? What's that? Bring back demonstration sports. Yeah. Like sure. every Olympic, bring back. Be like, hey, here's a weird sport you guys might not know of, but we think it's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's part of what the Olympics some, is yeah. is bringing attention to some of these sports mm-hmm. that don't get spotlight. Whereas, so in some countries, you know, the sport is huge and. Uh, Everybody in that country is tuning in at this time to watch because that's a huge sport. But for us, it's like, what the fuck is, what's, what's, what is, what's going on? You heard it first, sports world. I'm pointing off in the distance, mm-hmm. not at Casey, but pointing off in the distance to his, at the will sports be his world. right, at the yeah. sports world, mm-hmm. is we want to advocate weirder sports out there. Because you want to know what? Sometimes I'm tired of going to the Olympics and all they ever have on is swimming and running. Right. Yeah. And There's water polo. Olympic sports. All right. Uh, Evan, you missed, I think I talked about it earlier, didn't I, Evan? Yeah. Were you there for that? Evan, what? I was talking about. Water polo? Today, this episode? No. No. Uh, I was talking about it earlier. I said, if you want to catch a nipple slip the most in the Olympics, water polo is the place to get it. <laughs> well, shit, you not, dude. You get, you get three. You, there's three a year. And I think that's where there's, we... Well, uh... no, 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 no. But we need... Uh, we're, we, that's here at Weird Evan's... Uh, O's, what's the official title of this again? I came up with it. Occasionally go here. It's Weird World of Sports. Weird World of Sports. Evan. We're going to advocate for all your weird and fucked up sports to try and make it on the Olympics to get it out there. We think that some of these dumber, cool, like, I know I keep belittling them, but because I compared to the titans of the industry, they do seem dumb and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, like, when we talk about them and learn about them, oh, my God, they're fucking way cooler. Mm-hmm. This hurling mm-hmm. is hockey on grass. Yep. But also but- no one wears any pads other than to fucking cover up the muff so that way no one knocks your fucking teeth in. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. And this is great. The whiskey yeah, helps. I really was hoping we could make it through this without making a drunk Irish joke, but <laughs> <laughs> god damn it. We should have ended it and earlier. Cut. That's All when right. we end the episode. That's really right. Irish. Twenty twenty two Tokyo. Bring on hurling or kabaddi. All right. Or underwater basket weaving. We will be back next week. We'll have an even weirder sport and uh Kiss you gonna do a top we'll ten? Maybe maybe I'll bring out a top ten. We'll see. see. Top five? TBD. Maybe a top TBD. five. All top right. three. All right. Thanks everyone. I love you.